love music, live sport. Talking football with Bill Young, Hugh Burns and Paul Haggerty on Rock Sport Radio. Good evening and welcome to the final one of the week, Talking Football. Uh, Bill Young, Hugh Burns and Paul Haggerty will join us around about 6.30. Ahead to the weekend fixtures, we will make our predictions. Don't put any money on them because you'll never get very far, to be fair. Uh, it just will not happen for you, because we're absolute mints at predicting. Although I have to say, last couple of weeks, you've had a couple that you've mm-hmm. you've got right, yeah. which is something. Uh, by the way, you can watch, listen to the show on DAB Digital Radio online uh, at rocksportradio.co.uk. Using your smartphone and smart speaker, uh, you can use the TuneIn and the Radiogram apps, and you can also watch us as we stream live. And many thousand of you did last night uh, you can watch us as we stream live on Facebook, on Twitter and on Periscope it's amazing how many more people you get watching mm-hmm. when it's no ugly devils just like you and I that are in the studio, young Doolin obviously is yeah. a bit of a, a magnet eye, you know yeah, what I mean, a bit of eye candy still yeah. playing, yeah, still playing it's obvious, you know, so, as it has been so Duels, Duels gets, the, he gets the numbers up because and then people, it dips the next night I, I, as soon as it, you get us on you know, yeah, listen, you know, we've had, we've had what they Frankenstein and the, fra- the bride of Frankenstein we've had, we've had what they in, the, in those states haven't we? Let's be honest. We've been out and about over the years. So. I don't. I don't think I've ever had those, those no, days. No, I'm sure you, Mrs. I'm, Young. I'm quite. I'm quite honestly. I'd be stunned <laughs> if Mrs. I thought Young I had. Tuned in. It's her birthday this week. Yeah, I seen your picture yeah, on Facebook. It's and her birthday this week. She's 65, mm-hmm. and uh, she's a waspy woman. Well, I actually showed my mum, you uh, know, your picture on Facebook. And uh, she says, oh, she's a good-looking woman, Mrs. Young. Oh, I'm punching well above my oh, weight. I'm a million. Must Having said that, I did post a picture of her where she looked as if she was dead <laughs> uh, a few Sundays ago where she, she got up in the morning. It was about 11 o'clock and she got up and then went straight back to sleep in the chair. So I took pictures of her. You did not. And then post them? Aye. That's Aye. shocking. And then the dog went to sleep as well. Mm-hmm. And so I was sat there in my Jack Jones. And then that wee rascal. Oh, I read that. I read and that. then that wee rascal did a burns on me. I read it. Got up because it was obviously getting up his nose. And I'm sitting there going, you dirty wee rat. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, and then I took a picture of her when she woke up. She wasn't the bonniest, I have to say. Well, but bad, she's been a fine looking woman. woman in her time. Yeah, she's still a good looking woman. Still a good look, man. And a very happy birthday to her. But All she's, the best. she's not happy because by right she'd be getting the pension. But of course, they changed all the pension ages for women in, born in the 1950s, and that's where the waspy women come from women against state pension uh, inequality. I was wondering what you were going on about waspy Yeah, waspy women. Uh, they had a ruling against them this week or last week. Right. So I don't know that they're ever going to get anything backdated or anything like that. But oh, she's, she's saving. Absolutely seething that she's not getting a pension. She's not happy. No, next year. (laughs) Because she's two years older than me. She doesn't look that bad. No, 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 no. I look ten years older than her. I think you're doing yourself a wee bit of a favour there. No, I I think you're probably right. (laughs) But she's got a better moustache than me. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Stephen Gerrard, Alfredo Morelos, manager and player of the month uh, for September. Your thoughts on it? Well, you know, both are flying, aren't they? You know, Gerrard's getting it right. His team are winning. Alfredo Morelos, you know, can do no wrong back in the Colombian team. Not a good result during the week, I've got to say. Um, you had your man on for Colombia saying last night, you know, it's certainly always need down to Alfredo. 
But, he said uh, it was none of it was none of it was down to him, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think you know a, a year and a bit into the job now that the manager uh, of Glasgow Rangers is as firmly, um, you know, planting his authority more in the club now. Mm-hmm. This, you know, in this time last year it was still, you know, caught up in it. You know, now a manager, blah blah blah, after ch- chucking playing. But um, yeah, I think uh, you know just just rewards for for some some fantastic results on a good run. And especially on the back of losing that uh, ill-fated old firm game, because there was a hangover, but they kept winning after that, and yeah. they said that all very well. You win ugly, you keep winning, you keep the pressure on them, and hoping that they maybe slip up. And of course, that happens at the Tony Macaroni. Celtic lose the points, Rangers winning the same day they go, and, and just psychologically, the last couple of weeks, no games. Rangers have sat the league leaders. I'm reading the league leaders. You know that that's you know yeah. what I mean that's that's you know for the Rangers fans to be reading that, and now we're getting a wee bite out of maybe a Forest as well come out and saying yeah we're playing a bit of catch up but we'll raise our game for it and all that so you're getting a wee reaction from the the Celtic end of things as well. Let me ask you as well though because he was asked this and I asked it uh, last night he was asked this at the, the press conference uh, for Sunday's game, the right time or the wrong time for the international break for for Rangers. You know, it's hard to say, Bill. It's half a dozen and one and six of the other for me. Yeah. Because they've got players that are coming back. Ryan Jack's still not back yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Aribo, I don't know. He was obviously playing and scored against Brazil, but I don't know what the, the, the situation is with him and the head wound and the injury and such like. But uh, he'll be jet-lagged and everything from now anyway, I would have thought, or at least exhausted from travelling. Mm-hmm. I doubt we'll see him on Sunday. Um, but he did say that uh, Ryan Kent and John Flanagan were available for selection for the squad again. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a boost, there's no doubt about it. Kent will come into his thoughts. And Flanagan, I don't know if Flanagan will come straight back in because of the former Borno Barisic and Tav on the other side. So I think he'll be best pleased if he's in the squad, Flanagan after his hair now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan Kent will be nursed, I'm almost certain, be nursed back this time and not rushed. Um, and I think that might have just been lesson learned. He needs games, he needs time, and I think that means coming on as a sub at least for the next three or four games yeah. to use up to match. And he'll be getting games behind closed doors. There's, they're better than nothing. They're better than nothing, so... He's, he's no far away. And of course, a good thing from, from Craig Levine's point of view at Tyne Castle on Sunday is he'll get the chance to run the rule over Alfredo Morelos before <laughs> buying him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big man, you know, he gets caught up, <laughs> doesn't he? he? He takes a bit more, more than me, <laughs> doesn't he? He's, uh, you know, Aaron Hickey's in, in the radar of Rangers amongst probably a lot of other Well, clubs. Manchester City reported today as, as, as willing to pay a million quid and loan him back or whatever yeah. it is, or how many millions it was. It wasn't a million, it was more than that. Yeah. But anyway, well, buy, him, buy him in January me. and then loan him back to well, Hearts. the way Rangers are spending, I'm expecting maybe Rangers to outbid Man City, you know, so there might be, <laughs> there might be a wee flying the ointment there. But, you know, Ryan Hickey has, has done fantastically well. Came through, did great, got himself on the team, scoring goals. Um, and he's certainly one that most people are watching right now. But again, another fullback, you know, and I don't know if... He's like... certainly not going to get the money from the sale of Aaron Hickey to buy Morelis, so I'm wondering how they're going to fund that deal. Yeah, that's Craig, tongue-in-cheek. A bit <laughs> crack with the reporters and obviously they make, a, they make a headline out of it. Let me ask you the same question about Celtic then, because obviously the international breaks come from them after two stutters. Mm-hmm. Um, both Rangers and Celtic stuttered a bit coming out of international breaks 
since last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, good or bad timing for, for Neil Lennon? Again, he'll be happy he's got all his players back, whoever went on international duty. Uh, probably time to reflect on their Livingston result. Time to just take stock um, what the players had, the ones that were now in international level, and uh, just nurse the ones back that did come back. So, yeah, listen, we've said before that you know Celtic don't become a, a bad team overnight. They've had a hiccup. How will they react? You know, are there tails up the fact that Rangers are the top of the league? You would expect they would be. The fact that they're, they're treble, treble winners. As I say, they're, they're a good side build. They've got some great players, quality footballers, but they now need to rise to the challenge because at the first time in many, many seasons, there's a title challenge on. Mm. There's no doubt about it. Now, they, they, obviously, they obviously went to Livy last time out uh, and dropped three points. This weekend, of course, it's a different thing. Uh, they've got Ross County visiting. Again, you would be looking for Celtic if you're a Celtic fan to take all three points, but Ross County can be an awkward team. Yeah, they can. And, and you know, we guard dine on the ball and, uh, you know, players like that can, can make Ross County tick. You would expect Celtic at home, it could be a few goals, but Celtic are maybe no flown the way they have been. And there's a wee bit of, you know, who's going to play up front? Okay, I'll play Edward. Is what's happened with Griffiths? There's a lot of social media stuff going about. Um, with him and Brown, I've got to say, you know, smoke without fire. There's, you know, been injuries at the centre back positions. Um, so, you know, they're not, I would say right now that out of the two teams in the city, Rangers are in a better place. You know, it's interesting you're saying about no smoke without fire because I was listening to Peter Crouch on the radio the other day and he was talking about Spurs and where Spurs were at the moment. Um, and it was quite interesting. He said, and of course, it's common knowledge about the rift between Vertonghen and Ericsson. Uh, and I thought, ooh, he's come out and kind of almost confirmed what we've all oh, been seen, hearing. Yes, uh, and that was a bit strange, but he, he did, he said it, and that was it. Uh, talking about Celtic, they've just been fined £10,400 by UEFA for fans setting off flares in the Europa League. Now, this is the 18th time mm-hmm. uh, Celtic have been punished by the European football's body since uh, 2007. So 12 years, it's the 18th time. And of course, they've only just paid an £11,000 fine for fans fans using flares and throwing objects in the playoff second leg win at AIK in Stockholm in August. I'm just wondering, and I'm not picking on Celtic because, you know, it's one of those things where we've spoken about other clubs in Europe with the same thing. And we spoke about Rangers where somebody was burned the other week at a Rangers match yep, where yep. Rangers were using pyrotechnics. But if you're going to keep fining people and you're fining them ridiculous amounts of money like ten and a half grand I've got to say it doesn't make a lot of sense and for me it's not a deterrent no absolutely and yeah the the fines have added up especially when you've got 18 charges against you not all about flares I must have no but still you know collectively there's still been a lot of money paid to UEFA but you know over the course of the the 18 fines it doesn't seem that much um I don't. I don't know where what, what they would need to do for for them to stop doing that. I think the flares are are something that that that's kind of here. I, I don't understand it. Why? What what good they get out at these supporters that do that? And the same things happened in my team. You know, my my, my, my away fans possibly are guilty of it as well. We've seen it at yeah. the Tony Macaroni. So uh, both of them really need to have a look at themselves and go, come on. We need to behave ourselves. We need to represent. We rep. They should be representing the clubs as well. They are. But they're letting a the club down. But again, we've spoke about the amount of fine Celtic have got, um, and you just wonder. Oh, 
Are they going to are they going to take heed? It looks so noble. They're just going to keep doing it and sell it. Just pay the, the but money. It, it a seems fight. pretty pointless then sanctioning them if it's not an effective sanction. And I mean that for any club. Well, you, just you know, wonder... Rangers Rangers obviously got sanctioned for the the singing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and from that point of view, I think the the section of the crowd, it would appear have learned that lesson. Um, but, you, you know, that is, a, that is a sanction. And the sanction costs you money, and it's decent money. But the next one up from that, obviously, is to close the ground. But if you keep sanctioning people by saying, here you are, pay ten and a half grand, and you fill the stadium full of 65,000 people or whatever it is on a European night, that's a drop in the bucket. So the sanctions against Celtic have been 18 fines for... Singing pyrotechnics uh, and, and, well, they've been, and they've been signs pu- they've been punished and eighteen and, times, right. but the, the last time they were fined eleven thousand pounds for pyrotechnics and for objects being thrown onto the park. Right. So what I'm this saying time is- it's ten and a half thousand pounds, ten thousand four hundred for flares again uh, in the match against Cluj at Parkhead. So Rangers get. I think was it three thousand yes. fans that yeah. were obviously you know uh, they, 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 you know basically to give up the tickets for that. I find that a bit strange where. The singing, you know, how can they, they how can they um, look at it and go right? That that's that's worth three thousand seats, and that's just worth ten thousand for the pyrotechnics. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm not saying the singing's right, Bill. No, but but, but you're less likely for light. you're less likely to be injured by words than you are uh, by, by a pyrotechnic. pyrotechnic. Exactly. So that that's where we are with that one. I don't get that right. So you know, and Rangers haven't been fined that amount of times. Okay, well. The Celtic fans will be saying, well, you've not been in Europe that much in the last 18 years, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but uh, but generally, I I think that's a bit unfair if that's all Celtic are getting. Mm. Uh, we'll talk about, obviously, the fixtures as they come up, but, uh, you know, hearts have got Rangers at Tynecastle on Sunday. Yes. Uh, early kick-off. They're without a victory since March. Um, in fact, they've lost the uh, well, not lost, but they haven't won in seven league games at Tynecastle since beating Aberdeen last season. Yes. Now Tynecastle was one of those grounds where you went and you knew you were going to have to fight tooth and nail to come away with points of any description. Yeah. It isn't the same now. No, it was a battle. You had to win the battle there and to go in there and the rights to win the points. Things have changed there. Um, you know, the fact that they are on such a, a barren run. Yeah, they had a wee injection after the, 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 the Derby win and then beating Aberdeen mid, midweek in the, the Betfred on pens. But then they went back to, the, I think they then drew with, with St Mirren, 1-1, one, one, and, um, you know, then lost to Kelly before the, the, the shutdown there. So mm. Mm, it's not looking good. We'll obviously cover it later on in the, in the programme. But it's uh, as confidence goes, there cannot be a lot of confidence flowing through the, the veins of the Hearts players right now and the flip side of that Rangers turn up two big signings back in the squad and uh, everything's all good they're top of the league and want to stay there so pressure's on Craig again it'll be interesting I'm going through on Sunday thanks to me Lockie's looking after his I was supposed to be going supposed but be because going, no again, the old so. lady's having a 65th yeah I'm, I'm taking somebody now that I've never met in my life before but that's doing to Gordon Young <laughs> that's thanks. not a first for you though no that's right, okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had other plans here but thanks for that Youngie so um, I'm, I'm entertaining on Sunday on the fact that you're not going, but looking, no. forward, looking forward to it. I might yet squeeze it, but I know you've given my ticket away now. Your ticket's gone. Uh, listen, Wilf Marshall says, Bill, how many more paltry fines uh, are uh, Celtic going to get before facing proper sanctions? I'd rather have someone call me a name than potentially throw a pyrotechnic at me. Uh, Wilf, I agree with you in terms of 
the amount of damage that can be done. But I'd rather nobody said names or called people names or threw pyrotechnics or lit pyrotechnics up. I don't think it's the right place. I don't think it's the right thing. We've seen what racism, uh, racism can do and what happened again in Bulgaria uh, earlier in the week. And again, absolutely disgraceful, Hugh. Yeah, and, and well, I don't know if I believe Wolf or no, because I call him a lot of names and he takes bits of dummy. He takes it very ah, seriously. He takes it very seriously. So I don't know if that's a true tweet that's come in there or no, he's just making it up. But I don't know what can he, uh, what you usually listen to up there in Aberdeen, Wolf, but come on. Tune in properly. <laughs> he, 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 uh, listen, at the end of the day, Wolf, as much as he is a mad blue nose, he, he, he makes good points and he has got a point. And it will be sticking in the back the throat of Rangers fans where we have been, as in the sanctions, and, and you know, 10 grand, come on, be making that out of a pie stall mm. in, a, in a Champions League night. You know 20 I mean? if I was there. Oh, 20 grand, <laughs> exactly. 20 if I was there. <laughs> 20k pie so, stall. Yeah, good point, Will, good point. Let me ask you, since I didn't see you on, on Monday, let me ask you about the situation uh, with the, the national team. Uh, obviously, a, a very good result against uh, San Marino, yeah. but it was an expected result. Let's yeah. not get this out of proportion. It was San Marino, and under any normal circumstances, we would expect Scotland to beat San Marino and comfortably. Yeah, did I not text you during it and say, I, I, I says five or six, did I not? Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. because you said, oh, no. Yeah, I'm, asking, I'm asking now for your review on the performance, well, not for you to sit there and glow. I was delighted to get through the 90 minutes because it looked it, a bit dodgy. It was, wasn't it? It was very what touching. I was goal. actually quite impressed with Scotland about the fact that they actually passed the ball given the conditions they were in. Mm -hmm. They zipped it about. Obviously, yeah, it's against San Marino, but it takes a wee bit of pressure off. McGinley's hat-trick and, and Shanklin getting on the end of one as well. And... Uh, you know, I was happy they got a result. Six is six. Doesn't matter who you're playing. As you say, often enough, you've got to beat who's in front of you. That's right. The pressure was on. I think it was twenty thousand there again. That was a wee boost. Then we get a wee bit of stick for no making that incentive of getting more of the tap army in a bit cheaper. That would have been nicer to see. But on the back of a horrendous qualification, a um, you know debacle basically. It fi it's good that we're finished and now have a look at who we're going to try and get in the, the, the Nations League and, and get and get into the, the European Championship. So. Now, I, I, again, we were speaking last night and Duels was saying and, and other people have said this week, um, you know, Steve Clark's got to be given time. No matter what... And, and, you know, there's a lot of partisan comments come out because of various things uh, and his time at Kelly and all the rest of it. But he's a national manager... He needs more time and he needs to be able to. But what, one of the things that I would say, Hugh, and I am going to say this again, is that I still believe they need to dig deep into resources in terms of anybody that qualifies, hoover them up, get them on so they can't play for anybody else. And at least we've got the options then. Well, we've had big uh, Lyndon Dykes on from uh, from uh, Livingston, and I still don't think there's anything happened either with ourselves or the, the, the Aussies. The Aussies. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one that, that I would just get it done, get them, you know, qualified to play for us. But I think I don't think they'll, you know, Steve Clark will need to be told that. Bill, he will be scouring the country, having a look to see who's eligible to play for us. And uh, then, you know, you can just be lucky and, 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 and pick a wee gem up. But it's been a long, been a long time uh, for, for where country's been as low. We had a bit of a, 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 a real low point with Big Eck there for a while, but it's just not kicked on under Stevie Clark. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you just wouldn't know as well with your face. I was sitting in my mum's there and you seen him walking into the training park and my mum's like, oh, happy Harry. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know how some of the aliens just say something yes. and he sticks in your mind? Oh, happy Harry, look at him, Hugh. I says, that's just the way he is, mum. I says, he's just like that. Mm. I says, but I think he gets players to play for him. It'll be given time. He needs a bit of time. We need to settle down and let him go through the, the course of his contract if that's what it's going to be. But I'll tell you something, um, you would just you, you, what would have happened on in, in Monday morning if we'd have struggled to beat San, you know, San Marino? Do you think the nights would have been out? So well, they would have, and rightly so, in my view. I have to be lot, honest with you. They're not getting a lot of time, but I think that the, the 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 real bad result goes back to the Kazakhstan one again. Um, Who we've got again? What next month? Next month, and then of course the the you know the Belgium we were spanking, didn't we? Um, so we've just got to be patient and just you know. Just regroup, calm down, and let's try and get them there through the... the, the I think what we do need, and we certainly, in my view, do need this, we need a couple of good results against Kazakhstan and Cyprus. Mm -hmm. Because... It's going to be very difficult, whoever we get in these playoffs yeah, for the Nations League. Yeah, of course it is. And if you're going into it with some wins under your belt, then your confidence is going to be better, your focus is going to be better, and your belief's going to be up there. Yeah. You see, if you don't, like we beat San Marino 6 nothing, and then draw with Kazakhstan or get beat by Kazakhstan and, and draw with Cyprus, you're back to square one again. Yeah, I think I'd be quite happy the fact that after the Kazakhstan result, we'd obviously about a hangover. When then on uh, the Monday, I think, or the Sunday or the Monday, we then only won, I think we only won 2-0 over there, Bill, didn't we? It mm -hmm. wasn't a great performance. But um, again, I see that Snodgrass has, has decided that he wants to concentrate on, on club football as well. I can understand that, because he's in and out of that team at yeah, the moment. Yeah, he really is. And, and you know, he's, he's really not been a mainstay for Scotland either. When he came in and been given the chance, he's still got a fantastic left foot. Uh, but you know the bottom line is he wants to keep himself fit for uh, for West Ham. You can see where he's coming from. Disney is always going to be a first pick for Stevie Clark. Doesn't want to take the risk coming up, getting knocked maybe in, and then international go back down the road and further down the pecking line. So I think Pellegrini will be actually quite happy. Mm -hmm. He's made that decision as well. Well, as I say, he's not a regular starter with with West Ham. Well, in and out their of squad's it. much stronger again Absolutely. this year. Absolutely, no. I mean, they're, look, they're better. I think they're a, they're a good team, and I've always liked Noble. He's been there for a lot of years. Good he's player. a good captain, good player, Noble. Yeah, uh, and I like him. But you know, coming back to Scotland, we we've got to start getting these results going into that playoff situation because mm -hmm. it's you know it's it's a confidence thing. Yeah, it of course it is. is. Yeah, we had a steam and. He starts stumbling across good partnerships and what have you. Good to see Big Finley getting his goal the other night there as well. You know how much I rate him. He's got McKenna to come back in. He's got um, Kieran Tierney to come back in as well. So there's one or two players still to you know get in and push their way into the team. So still think the right back position could be stronger. But where do we go? You know. Forest to kick on again, as Jerry says, doesn't get enough out of him. And and then if you actually look at it, who is our most recognised striker? For me, I'd like to see Griffiths back in the Celtic yeah. team to be back in the Scotland team, and we've got leading the line. But you've not even got Griffiths in the squad at the moment well, for for that, the, the the Celtic team, which again begs the question mm -hmm. of what has happened there because. Early on in the season, he was starting and he was coming on as sub. Yes. And he scored. He was well, scoring goals. But there's something not right with that scenario, no, that there situation. Isn't. I don't care what anybody no, there's says. A, there's a lot of rumours going about the city that he's had a fallout. That's it. You know, if, I, if I'm on here and talking to you about it, 
I'll, I'll, I'll always try and be honest enough and tell you what I hear and what might be right might be wrong. It's like, I'm not speculating. I'm to only trying to tell the people what I've heard. And I've heard there's a fallout. There's been a fallout with him and the manager. And, 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 and I believe Brown was involved as well. So I would imagine if that's the case, Brown's probably taking the manager's part. And, and, and well, you, know, you, you say that then, but maybe Brown hasn't taken the manager's part in as much as, remember when he got the hook and he came off and everybody, everybody shook his hand except the manager. Yeah, well... And didn't he didn't... I mean, there's a great picture of the manager in front of Brown and Brown looks like Dr Evil at the back of him, yeah, but, staring like that. But there's also one going about with wee Alfredo sitting in the front of the, the, the dugout as well with that wee face. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's made that one up as well. Yeah, so. no, you're absolutely... Absolutely right. Um, no, it's, it's it's amazing how a couple of games and it, 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 it suddenly can look a bit topsy-turvy because I had said just a few weeks back that I was actually impressed how Lennon had kind of galvanised his squad and got them playing good free-flowing football and they all seemed to be playing with a, with a smell in their face. So one rumpus, if it is a rumpus, has certainly set the cat amongst the pigeons, Bill. Mm. For all the wrong reasons. And he's a player that you don't want to be without either at club or international player. player. He's a top player. How many times have we sat here, Brown and Griffiths, saying, as a Rangers player, I wish you're a Rangers fan or whatever, she was they were in our team. They'd be playing every week, big Mm. time, and make a big difference. But I like Griffiths, he's got great ability. But again, I think it's the demons that are up top. Okay, uh, we'll talk a bit more football and we'll get Paul Hegarty on with us to look ahead to the weekend fixtures in just a minute. I'm sure we will revisit some of the international stuff as well. Uh, And we'll talk about his manager uh, getting an extension to his contract and see what he thinks about that. Uh, Robbie Nielsen signs an extension uh, to stay at Dundee United and been told that he will be the manager even if they don't go up this season. We'll find out what Heggs thinks about that in just a minute here on Rock Sport. If you're a fan of Scottish junior football, then Just the Juniors is a must-listen for you here on Rocksport Radio. Nobody brings you more or better coverage of the junior game on radio than Bill Kilgower and John Redmond. Unrivaled knowledge, interviews with the managers, players and people who run junior football in Scotland. Every Friday, 8pm to 9pm is when you can hear Scotland's flagship junior football show. Make sure you're listening. Just the Juniors, brought to you by Plumbase, the trade's Premier League team. Leave the winter outside with Plumbase's hottest offers in Feel the Heat brochure. Get yours at your local Plumbase branch. Do you hear that? That's your family coming round to your new house for Sunday lunch. Your son opening the door of his first home. Visitors arriving at your guest house. Friends coming over to watch the football. Scottish Building Society offer a range of mortgages so we can turn this into this. Scottish Building Society. We've been helping people open doors since 1848. Call us today on 0345 600 4085. Scottish Building Society is authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. William, Pamela and Anthony were sold investments by banks and ended up losing money. Luckily, they contacted Goodwin Barrett and were able to claim back a total of £65,500. If you've lost money on an investment sold by a bank or financial advisor, even if you no longer have the investment or the paperwork, Goodwin Barrett could help. Discover how much you could be owed. Text GOOD to 6677. Text GOOD to 6677 now. It's easy to put things off. I'll sort it tomorrow. It'll wait. Well, 
Turns out, if you're a man with prostate disease, the sooner you spot it, the better it can often be treated. So if your dad or brother have had prostate cancer or you're having trouble with your waterworks, do something about it. See your GP or visit prostatescotland.org.uk for more information. Prostate Scotland. Pull your finger out. Love music. Live sport. Talking football with Bill Young, Hugh Burns and Paul Hegarty on Rock Sport Radio. Okay, okay, the boys are back in town for the final one of the week. Hegs, how are you? Good evening, Bill. I'm fine. Hi, Paul. How are you? You okay? Hiya, you? Yeah, I'm great. Good man, excellent. What's been happening? Looking forward to the the season starting again. Yes, the old international break. Bill and I have just been talking about Scotland. I hate them. Uh, it seems to be frowned upon. Get the midweek internationals back, Higgs, and let's keep Correct. playing on a Saturday. I know the other the lower leagues in it gives them a chance to play in the old snowball cup and things like that. But <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, uh, we want the Premier League back, and I think it's down south as well. And uh, maybe pearls it be, maybe have a look at that. But you know, I think UEFA Bill, it's, it's games every night. I think they won't in it. You yeah, know, that I mean, look, 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 it's 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 just a financially driven thing, and that's why you've got that's why you've got the Nations League now as well. And will that be the end of it? I doubt that it will. You'll start to see other things. You're already hearing. I don't know if you've heard about this, guys, uh, or you've read about it, but they're now talking about the Champions League becoming like a pyramid system. Mm-hmm, yeah, looking at changing that. Going to be extended. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. looking at they're looking at it. Whether it'll come into force remains to be seen. But uh, uh, did you watch the Scotland game, Hegs? What were your thoughts on that? I did. Um, well, uh, it's probably like everything else, you know. You Expected. Have, you know, the the horses already bought, you know, so it doesn't really matter in regards to you know qualifying. But for the confidence, you it, it does a wee bit. And what 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 I couldn't understand is. 20,000 people turning up. I know. How yeah. good was that? I know, mate. Yeah, absolutely. We said that. And I think you went for 2 0, Paul, didn't you? I went for 2 0. Yes. I went for 2 0 as yes. well. Yes. And Burnsy went for 5 or 6, I think. I'm right in the What did you say? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. We need to play it back. You know, <laughs> tell us. Producer, you know, tell us. But um, I don't know what I said, but I've I, I seen more goals. I think you did say six, to be honest with you. Well, well, well done, you. We're really delighted for you. What, okay. what a double that they've been Scotland six and England six. I just, I just didn't see it. I couldn't see where it was coming from. Exactly the same, Bill. Well, we're lucky to get through the game, Hegs, because it was absolutely torrential in Glasgow. Yeah. But I think, yeah. And obviously you would go as well, you, because you, you always got all these, these games. Yeah, right? I was in, yeah, I was the kilt nut on as well, and walking down oh, yeah. Kings Park, uh, giving it a loud day, yes. Thoroughly uh, enjoyed that. Thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> but, uh, no, what a horrendous night it was, but you're right, on the back of 20,000 hardy souls turning oh. out. Uh, it was, and you know, you just wondered who, what, you know, what would the crowd have been if, if the SFA had maybe got their finger out and 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 made it, you know, a, a real deal for them to get in, you know, like a family, one thousand, family of three getting in for a tenner <laughs> or something like that. You know what I mean? Something they, they couldn't say no to and get the kids to the game, but. 20,000, well done. Brilliant, brilliant support. Fantastic. Yeah. Higgs, yeah. let me move on, if I may, to your own fine team, Dundee United. Uh, Tony Asgar saying, even if the club don't win promotion this season, Robbie Nielsen will remain head coach. He's just signed an extension until 2022, along with Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest. Um, what do you think? 
I think I think uh, it, it's good for for the the club in general, Bill, because it gives you a bit of stability and a bit of continuity, which which is most important. Uh, and I can see where Tony is coming from because obviously he's safeguarding himself in regards to if they don't go up, you know, and you know because you tend to find that when things go belly up, you know, the tom tom drums out, and you know the manager is going to get sacked. So they're actually pre-warning the fans that if it doesn't happen this year. We're still going to have uh, Robbie Nielsen as a manager, and that, I think that's that's good, uh, good in theory. But in practice, sometimes it doesn't work. But I, I'm delighted for Robbie. Uh, I just hope he does get up this year, and and it's good for Lee McCulloch and uh, obviously uh, Gordon Forrest getting a new contract. So yes, they deserve uh, a new contract, and they'll deserve even more uh, if they do take him up this year. But uh, that's what I've said, Bill. I think for like the stability and continuity, and it also tells the players that, you know, the manager's in place for the next two or three years, so don't go any capers and down in tools or relaxing or taking your foot off the pedal. I think it all goes well for the club it's now. What, what I've got to stress is, you mentioned it three weeks ago when they lost to Alloa, which it didn't surprise me, but I just thought... We had turned the corner playing these clubs, but it hasn't yet. So really, what uh, Robbie Nielsen and his background staff have got to get in place is make sure that the players know that every game is a cup final from now end of the season. I've got to say, I did predict the Aloha thing. Uh, yes, you, did. you know, Aloha are party poopers of the highest order sometimes, and I thought it was going to be a difficult game. I must be honest. Higgs, let me just say to you this, though, and Hugh, I'll get your opinion on it as well. If Dundee United don't go up this season, don't, and I'm not saying they, they won't, I'm just saying if they don't, surely there's got to be some kind of alarm bell that'll start to ring because it, you'll have done everything in terms of chucking money at it, doing this, changing managers, doing that. You know, everything's been tried pretty much. Um, now, y- you would look and then say, OK, you give Robbie Nielsen the chance to do it and, and take the time to do it. But we know, you, me, Hugh, fans are not that patient. And especially fans of Dundee United, they feel they should have been out of that league long ago. But one, the, the arm, but two, you're, you're right. And just what I said there... You know, um, I think what they've done is, is great. Uh, in theory, it's fantastic. In practice, as everyone knows, football's like every other sport, unpredictable. Um, but in theory, it looks good at the moment. But, um, you know, the last three or four weeks, you know, they've had a few sort of dodgy results, but obviously some decent wins as well. But just what I've got to agree with you as well, you know, it's not a bottomless pit at, uh, at Tardice and uh, the new chairman's done really well and, and backing his, his uh, backroom staff and, and obviously the new manager and Tony Asgard as well because, you know, when, when the chairman's not uh, in Scotland, obviously relying on Tony and, and his uh, staff to obviously produce the goods. And like everything else, they'll be wanting a return for the money. And the return for the money really is getting them Premiership uh, football, football for next season. But it isn't a bottomless pit. And the fans will not be happy if they don't return to the Premiership this year. Shall go what's your thoughts on this? Because again, as I said, you, you kind of then look at Dundee United over the last four seasons if they don't go up this season. And you find it difficult to identify the area 
that's held you back because they've pretty much tried everything in the last three seasons. Yeah, but they've not had a Lauren Shanklin for me. I think that's the difference. You can get goals after goals after goals with this kid and he obviously shown a lot of faith as well with the, with the backroom staff and the, and the manager signing a new contract. So the owner's obviously still very much behind the manager. Um, but I think the difference has got to be Shanklin. You know, Shanklin already must be sitting at 15, 16 goals given all competitions and we're not even out through October yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a long way to go. This guy, this boy could hit 30, 40 goals that you would like to think is going to get them up. And I think that's the reason why we've heard through the grapevine the fantastic deal, the money that Dundee United have thrown in this kid. And he, he's, he's repaying them. He's got himself in the Scotland squad. He's got himself, you know, in, in everybody's thoughts. And, and there might just be a few Premier League clubs looking, not at Scotland, but, you know, in, in Scotland, I should say, that go, you know, should maybe I, I took the chance with Lauren Shanklin, you know, but I think Dundee United have given him a great platform. But I think for me, the genuine difference in the three years that you're talking about has got to be the striker bill. Would you agree with that, Paul? Totally agreed because last year they were sort of fits and starts up, up top, uh, Bill, and obviously they didn't have a, a regular goal scorer and a, a prolific goal scorer like uh, Shanklin. Uh, and uh, he's put himself in the shop window, but uh, Tony Asgard is saying in the local press that he's, he's going nowhere and people can uh, come whatever amount of money uh, they want, but uh, he's not going to move. But as, as we all know here, football. Um, can change a uh, drop of hat and if somebody comes in with a ridiculous figure that, um, that, that any player in any club can't turn down, then they won't. But I think what they'll do is this year they'll hopefully uh, make sure they get themselves up and uh, they'll try and, and they have tied obviously shine down for two or three years anyway, coming from here United. But what they should do is um, uh, try and keep them uh, sweet and, uh, and keep them fit and healthy and, and probably if you are winning games comfortably, like say when the Dundee game played or when they played Morton, get them off maybe after uh, 60-65 minutes and keep them in cotton wool so that when he comes for the next game he's ready to go and obviously produce the goods but the guy has been a breath of fresh air Bill, he certainly you, has you, well, you he's actually it. a nice kid as well yeah. not that I've, I've met him personally but I think I told you the last time listen to what he was saying to some of the young kids and the young fans and the, I like what I heard and uh, I just like his attitude all round. And I don't, don't be kidded. If Dundee United go up on the strength of the goals that, that Lauren Shanklin scores, and there's a championship club in England comes sniffing about for a, a million, he'll be down the road. He'll have done his business for Dundee United and they're up in the Premier League. Well, let me ask you both this. At this point, with Lauren Shanklin where he is, and, and of course the remainder of the season, because we're only, what, what, a quarter of the way through the season at this point, let me ask you what you think his value might be at the end of the season. You've got, you've got to be looking at, you know, the Gottman, the Bosman. Um, you know, if they get them up, it's worth a lot of money to Dundee United. See, let's just say he scores 35 goals this season. Yeah, you, you, you've got to be looking at a million pounds anyway. I think a million pounds at Dundee United. Dundee United couldn't not a million pound back, Bill. Paul? I would, I would increase that, and only because, uh, you know, the, the, the amount of money it's in England at present, Bill. You know, you hear players coming from the Championship to the Premiership, 8, 10, 12 million, and you've never heard of them. Yeah. You know, you, you get, you've got our own squad, like Sir McBurney and, uh, and people like that who are going for vast amounts. And I know they're playing at a, a higher level as such, but they're going for 10, 12, 15 millions. 
I'm not saying Lawrence things like that just now, but I would probably say double, maybe treble what Hugh was saying, two or three million. Because, see, these clubs, two or three million is a drop in the ocean. And if he makes it, well, it's, it's wonderful. And there will be, you know, obviously, selling clauses if he does well and goes down south and he, he makes it big there. But two or three million a drop of hat is buttons to these people but you know I'm sure of what he was saying he's right and, and my value uh, if it was uh, in yesteryear I would probably say half a million but now it's so uh, vast and uh, prices are escalating you know a drop of hat I'd probably say two or three million for, for Shankland at the present time Big man you've been on the ginger wine this afternoon <laughs> no I'm just trying to it's a bit early for the ginger wine don't go for Shankland because I want to stay at the club. <laughs> <laughs> Place him at the market. Listen, well, so let me ask you both this: Is he now? Is he now someone that you would keep in the Scotland squad and try and develop him through the international route as well? Um, you know, he got a goal, which is as much as you can ask of the right, boy. Place it at 18. Uh, yeah, and and from that point of view, could you actually give him any kind of real uh, critique? based on the night that it was, based on the fact that he got the goal. You know, for me, if you've brought him in there, he's still got that potential. I would be developing him further. Yes. Don't let him come into the squad for two games and then disappear. No, I think, I think. listen, he showed a calmness about him even when he came on um, the game before, when he came on as a sub. Not a lot to do, certainly, but, you know, some nice touches. Doesn't look overawed. Looks a, a, a level-headed boy and he never get caught up on it. Yeah, it was San Marino, but as, as a, strike, a striker's instinct, he's in there putting the ball in the back of the net, one or two other wee chances. But I think, who, listen, the bottom line is, and no disrespect to young loans, but we've not got anybody else. Mm. There's nobody else in waiting to come in, Bill. So if he's the boy that's scoring at championship level, then that's the boy you play. And, and regardless, he's putting the ball in the back of the net regular, wait, 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 at a decent level. It's no Mickey Mouse level we're talking about that he scored all these goals. It's, it's a tough level. But, you know, he, for me right now, is the form guy, so he should be in a national team who are not doing that well. No doubt about it. Higgs, it's not, it's not easy to disagree with that, what Hugh's just said, is it? No, I totally agree with, with, with Hugh, Bill. And what you said, Bill, and, and, and the question was the word potential. It's still potential, you know, he's still early days. But the kid, you know, did really well against Russia. I thought he did really well against Russia when he came on the same half um, because he held the ball up, he hardly gave the ball away, he didn't have any support when the ball was played up to him, and he, and he did not look out of place. Now, it's easy coming on when you're, you're getting beaten 2 or 3 nothing because nothing's expected yet. I think there's a wee bit more expectation from, from Shankland in the second game because, yes, they're playing against the Minnows uh, and they're expected to, to win comfortably, which they did eventually. And, and he scored a goal. Now, he scored a goal against uh, uh, San Marino, but the important thing was it was an international level and irrespective of who he was scoring against, mm-hmm. he's done the business. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Yes, I, I would say potentially, potentially Bill, um, I would uh, uh, keep him in the squad and I would bring him along and nurture him and mm-hmm. help him. And, and, and I think all the other players at bigger clubs than, than Dungeon United have actually warmed to him because the way he's come across, the way he's um, bedded in uh, in the training sessions, uh, I, I would say yes. Keep him in the squad for a good number of years, a good number of uh, times. Games. Because uh, even like myself, when I was in the squad, right, I was probably in more squads than what I had caps. But it was actually enjoyable when Being you're playing with quality players, yes. you, yeah. because mm-hmm. they bring you on, not just uh, uh, 
as a, as a footballer, but as a as a person and as a player as well. And I think you're right as well. The more he's involved, the more his confidence is going to rise by being involved and maybe not always playing, but just still being in the squad and go right. He's a, bit, he's a bit of a mainstay in the squad now. Keep him in. Just don't bomb him the fact that there's one or two players come back out of uh, you know, for injury that are that are that that are a bigger club in England, but no scoring goals. There's yeah, no. no well, that's the know, point I was going to make absolutely next. Absolutely no. There's no. What you, what no you can't do is you can't keep the boy in the squad and not give him his opportunity if he's the right person uh, for the right game. No, I think he's the type that you know keep him in. If he's scoring goals with Dundee United, he's in the squad in merit, regardless. Mm. It's a championship bill, you know, because if he's at a low reaches of the Premier League and he's scoring goals, then he'd be in. What's the difference that he's playing just at a level below? But they're all still full-time, they're all still fit. Uh, I've got something in mind. And of course, Higgs, once he becomes a Rangers player, that'll make a big difference to him as well. Well, if they're going to pay two, three or four million, they'll have a life for a while. Well, he's a blue nose anyway. Then again, there's like, say, uh, Hugh uh, was saying, you know, he's there on merit, and rightly so, he scored a goal. You know, irrespective of who he was, um, and he's, he's an internationalist now, and he's a, he's a uh, one and two internationalists are scoring goals. So if he goes to Rangers for three, two, three, four million, I'll be more than delighted. Well, Higgs, I'll tell you something right now. I think we missed the boat a wee bit taking a chance in Lawn Shanklin. You seen... that, yeah. yeah, I just think you, you, you couldn't go wrong, especially when you've got wee gems going about like the boy Kamara that we've signed for Dundee for mm-hmm. 50 grand, and we could have got Lauren Shanklin for nothing. Absolute zilch. And just to deal with on a on a weekly bit wage and and pay him me signing on fee that was a no brainer for me um, and especially a young Scottish striker come in get him fat you know can you imagine what Lauren Shanklin would have learned of Jermaine Defoe as well again the yeah. same as Morelos yeah. has yeah. so again I, I, th- I think we should have it's actually refreshing when Shanklin was talking about his days at Aberdeen mm-hmm. and he actually said he probably wasn't ready for the uh, the big time in a big club uh-huh. you know he didn't make any excuses he did say that he was uh, he didn't do particularly well up at Aberdeen and obviously had to move back the way to obviously to, to another league which was obviously uh, the championship in Wednesday United but he was actually very honest in his assessment because he could have had grievances he could have had gripes and groans and moans he didn't he says he didn't particularly play well at Aberdeen and probably deserved to, to move down uh, a, a league because he wasn't ready for it yeah and possibly being so far away from home and maybe a bit homesick you know, kids get that, and, and as you say, maybe just too big, too quick, and that's why he come back down the road. But I'll tell you something, Ian McCall gave him a great platform. He answered the, the questions, got himself fat, loads of goals. I just yeah. think of a few Premier League clubs out there maybe just pinching themselves, no taking a chance. But how many times do you say, boys, on the programme that sometimes, you know, players have to take a wee step back to go forward again? Yeah, it was something I looked at in my career often, take a wee step back, but <laughs> yeah. it was another wee step yeah, back. It was but another the, wee step the, back. The problem so. was you took that many step back was people thought you were going rather than coming. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, you, you do sometimes need to do that and, 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 and all credit to him, you know, he could have could have crumbled when he's got that move back down the road to air. You know, who would have thought that you've got a move 
on the back of maybe McKinnis no fancying you, but you've got good ability. That's a right inner strength to do that. Yeah. To get down into Ayrshire. Now, again, you know, nobody would have known Lauren Shankland when he arrived at Somerset. So he's got that belief within himself, Paul, to say, you know something, McInnes, I'm going to show you that I can score goals and I'm going to kick on and I'm going to be a, a footballer, a proper player. That's exactly what he's done. He's got to sell an international team. Again, that's raised his stock and it's raised the transfer fee as well. But listen, the bottom line is that Dundee fans must be absolutely over the moon that United have went and, and you know, pulled out all the stops yeah. for that because yeah. there would have been a few in there and probably credit to his agent as well for getting that. And again, I'm only going by what I've been told, Paul. I can't see anything too much on here, but I believe Dundee United have, have given him a brilliant deal, an incredible deal. Um, so, you know, well done for them because they see him yeah. being the yeah. diamond yeah. in that league to get them... 30 goals and that'll be the difference of going up Bill can I say something about Hugh Hugh talks about like when he was with clubs right and uh, I know sometimes he downs himself and saying well you know this didn't happen and I moved on but sometimes when you're at clubs right and I can only speak for myself right but see like say Hugh being at clubs sometimes when a manager doesn't fancy it for whatever reason it is you've got to move on I was fortunate because a manager like you know, liked me and obviously, you know, felt that he could use me in certain ways because I, I spoke to you before about going as a striker, midfielder and obviously a defender. Regent persevered with, with me. Now, if, if a manager had persevered with, with you, whether it was at Rangers or Kilmarnock or, or Ayr or Hamilton, you know, he, he, he might never have known what you had maybe actually did in football in regards to maybe staying at Rangers for a, for a good number of years or staying at Kilmarnock for a good number of years or staying at Hearts for a good number of years. Sometimes a manager makes decisions and sometimes for the good and sometimes for, 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 for the worse. But, you know, I think Hugh's a bit harsh on himself a lot of the times because sometimes if a manager doesn't fancy you, irrespective of what you do in the park, there's very little you can do about it. I don't know why you're saying he's been a bit harsh on himself. You've just get explained and tried to justify why he failed at everything. I don't quite get that. What, what were you no, saying there, Big? No. You, you've kind of you've kind of missed it. Now I'm going to say something, and I mean this: you were at Rangers at, at, at the wrong time because Sunis wanted names, and he wanted names that were going to deflect a wee bit from other things uh, at Rangers. Yeah. And to be fair to you, it was nothing about ability or a player. You just weren't the name that, that soon as he wanted all the bright lights and razzmatazz. Uh, and that's why he shipped in all those players. I, I, I often talk about managers and said, you know, that I could sit down and have a beer with, with probably most of them. And, and I always said my, my bit when, when I went to clubs and what have you, probably to... You know, against the judgment now, yeah, I should maybe have bit my tongue a wee bit. There's probably only one manager, Paul, that throughout my career that, that I had, had probably a serious great way. And I'll never forget it because it was only later on in my career. And Paul's right, you can you can be lucky when you become across managers who rate you, like you, and use you the way they want to use mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And, and I moved from, from Rangers to Hearts, and, and it wasn't until later on in my career that um, that I found out, and it was well late on in my career, and I couldn't couldn't believe it when I was told the story about it, and that was when Alan McDonald took me to Hearts, mm-hmm. and um, initially Paul um, soon as inquired about 
about Davy McPherson because Slum had played at right back in his uh-huh. first season in the uh, the Premier League. What do you mean, Big Butcher scored up at, at, at Aberdeen and they won the title for the first time? Yes. Now I was desperate to leave Rangers because I wasn't playing and I wanted to go down south. I couldn't I couldn't see myself going back and playing against Rangers at Ibrox. The way I was. The born and bred, it was in me. I could not go back and play against Rangers. I didn't want it. I was at Leeds and London. I got a phone call from Alec McDonald saying, we've had an offer accepted for you. We want you back up the road. I says, Alec, I can't come and play against uh, Rangers. I can't do it. Uh-huh. Unknown to me, the deal was he inquired about David McPherson. The only reason he was getting David McPherson if he took me. And Doddy right. never told me that. And Doddy and Sandy never played me when I went to Hearts. And I feel as if... My career, when I'd left Hearts, it dwindled because Hearts was a great club, but he never gave me a chance. Mm-hmm. He didn't rate me. He took me because he was getting slum and didn't play me. And you know something? That stacked up because I was good enough to go and play in the Hearts team and he didn't play yeah. me, Paul. And, and that, to this day, is probably out of all my moves. Uh, the, 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 the real one, that, 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 that manager that let me down, and I let myself down at a lot of clubs. But you're right, you've got to be lucky in life with the right people you coming in. You've got to be wanted as well. And, you know? Yeah, and, and I didn't want to go to another Scottish club. And Alec McDonald blatantly lied about that deal. Blatantly lied about the deal. And uh, that, uh, that came for the horse's mouth later down my career. And I was absolutely gutted. If that deal hadn't happened and you hadn't been called back from Leeds, do you think you'd have stayed either at Leeds? At Leeds? Yeah, I was going to Bradford with, with, with John Henry and Stuart McCall. It was just after the, 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 the fire and they had the new Valley Parade mm-hmm. and I was about to sign me Bradford. And Doddy pulled me back up the road. And I'll never forgive him for doing that. Hugh, never forgive him. Hugh, Bill had mentioned, and I think it was a valid point, you know that Graham Souness was getting a lot of big names from... Oh, well, he wanted... Graham Souness, when he went to Rangers, knew that he had to do something. And the easiest way to do it was to fill Ibrooks full of shiny things. So you've got to see something else here. Full of... Sh- no, shiny things. <laughs> and that's and that's what he did. Yeah. But hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And again, there's a, there's a, you know, the book that Alistair Ayr brought out, mm-hmm. Rangers players in the 80s, and it's very well done by Alistair, I've got to say. That picture of that squad of 85, 86, when Souness had just arrived, ish, around about that time, I looked at that team. And you know the only two signings that Souness made to get in, or three, was Chris Woods, Terry Butcher and Jimmy Nick. You're then talking Cammy Fraser, Joe Wallace... Derek Ferguson, Joe Wallace, Flecky, Joe Wallace, Gerante, uh, Joe Wallace, Coisty, they were all... Yeah, but within very quick order after that... Yeah, they did move on. He yes. started clearing yes, out I, and bringing the shiny I, things yeah, in. Yeah, I know that. The big names came in and what have you and, and what have you. But it's a good point and, and you know, you, you have got to be lucky with, 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 with managers. There's no doubt about it. I was, I was, even, I was gutted. But I thought Hearts... Paul, you know what the Hearts is like. I, you know, the, the Hearts fans, I loved them to bits, honestly. I yeah. thought, you know, so I, I, I found myself a good club here. Even though Big Slim and I, when we drove through the M8, we're looking at one and going, oh, we're leaving Rangers Slim, I can't believe it, we don't want to do that. <laughs> but we did it, we, you know, we, it, was a big, it was a big signing. But I was baiting that deal. And I was better than that, Bill, because I was flying across the road at the time. I was nearly in there. looking back in your career, right? Mm-hmm. Hugh, looking back in your career, would you have done anything different as a professional? And I'm talking about a professional footballer. When you trained or you played or you didn't 
you know, didn't play or you looked after yourself, would you do anything differently? I would, you know, if, if there was anything that happened in the dressing room and, and, and managers were, were, were having a go at somebody, nine times out of ten, you know, the guy sitting next to me wouldn't say nothing to the manager. But you know who would. And, and that, for me, is probably something if I had to come back again and be another professional footballer, would be it's a no-win situation. You can't win. Yeah. If the manager is undermined at any time and a player has a pop at him uh, in front of everybody else, he's doing the pecking line. It doesn't matter who he is. And probably, you know, uh, my biggest problem was being outspoken. And Bill's probably getting... <laughs> in the back of his mind, they're going, yeah, I know you're not telling me something I don't know. But that's just me. That's just me. But you see, I can relate to that because in, in my career in radio, it's been very, yeah, very same. similar. Exactly. It's been very similar. You've had as many stations I've had clubs. You know, so, you know, I've had more stations than you've had clubs. You know, and by a long way, trust me. I don't mean it's it's all nicey, nicey being a yes, Claude, after you, Claude, yes, sir, three bags full, sir. I would never have been like that. And there was probably players who maybe didn't have it in them to come out and speak to the manager. Um, I would just be the way I was in life. It was probably just me. It still is me. I've no change. I've got something to say. I say it. And that's the way it is. But um, managers, I've seen that many of them. I got on with that many of them. But I just thought I would let you into that with, with the Hearts one. I've never really yeah. said that too much about the Hearts deal. It was a great club for me to go to if the manager had a played ball with me and he didn't play ball with me. And, and my career could have kicked on again for Hearts. You know, I've heard you talking about that, but not actually expanded as you just did there. That's that the first was, time. That yeah, that's the did. first time in all the years I've known you that you've actually given that insight into it. I remember you telling me that it was a get buy one, get one free kind of thing. Well, I, I, but you I, never you never quite expanded it the way you did there. I, I was bait, and, and, and I had that season... When all the young player of the years, Coisty's player of the year, I was flying when soon as I arrived at Ibrox. Flying. And and there was nobody taking the right back off me. I was I was absolutely flying and playing with the club that I loved. Had just signed a long term contract. Um but again I always say that Sunas get ready better than me. There was you know, bigger names than me mm. that, that he did move on. But to this day and and you know, it still hurts leaving when I when I was probably well good enough to play in his team. Paul, what was the what was the lowest point of your career when you kind of sat back and questioned anything? If there was a low point, and we'll take away the Spurs thing, let's put that out the way. Tottenham, no Spurs. <laughs> That's a great question. I think the lowest point in my United career was probably the last game I ever played for United. Uh, uh, Bill, it was against Pro Antwerp over in Belgium, and they lost heavily four one. And we. I was, what, 34 and a half at the time, and we, Jim, had actually said to me, that's in front of everybody, that's the last game you ever play for this club. And he said that before to, to me and other players on numerous occasions. But you know, you know, at the time, he's no meaning it. It's just, you know... Yeah, uh, but you knew he meant it this time. He meant it this time. And I fell, after playing just over 700-odd games... <laughs> I'm not saying he wanted to be treated. <laughs> it's after that. He wanted to be um, treated with a bit more respect, and uh, that was my last game I ever played for the club. Um, I could expand even more on that, but uh, for the, the next six weeks, I never kicked a ball for the club, and I chapped his door on numerous occasions 
looking for a game in the reserves because he did say to me that I would never kick another ball for uh, the first team, which I didn't. That I needed to play, I needed to train, I wanted to keep fit. I still had a bit, I still had a lot of pride in in, in, in my job and and being with Dungeon United. And uh, he'd actually say to me, "I'll dictate and I'll tell you when you're going to play, if at all." And I think I played a couple of couple of reserve games um, uh, for United just to keep me ticking over. But that was when he decided that you know he needed a player to play uh, in the reserves and. He, he, he tend to find that, you know, players who have been at clubs for a long, long time do get taken for granted. And I'm not just talking about myself, but other players as well. And I can mention uh, David Neri, who played 830 games and more small parts, the same amount, you know. He tend to find that come the end of your career, and I'm not talking about myself, but come the end of your career at the club, because you're 34, 35, um, you just wish clubs would do it the correct way. And, uh, but you know, Paul, sorry sorry just to interrupt you, mate, but yeah, you know, yeah. when you think about it, when you finished playing, playing at 34 and 35, there wasn't the regimes that there is now, there wasn't the knowledge of the sports science there is now. To play at 34 at 35 at the highest level, which you were in, in your, your country, you know, that for me speaks volumes in itself. And you start to wonder then, what people expected. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to you saying over 700 odd. Uh, than I, the, I, I, played, I played over just under 900. Yeah, but I'm total. saying I'm saying for one club playing over 700 games and then uh-huh. to be told that in the way you were told it, that uh, is but, brutal. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I wasn't the only one. There was many a player, many a player. I was not alone. But you asked me a question: what was probably my lowest point? Because one, I knew I was coming to end of my. My, my career at Dungeon United. I, I, I remember I told you I signed a, a three-year, a six-year contract, which took me up to 36. Well, I saw it up to it was 35, just over 35. I went to see Jost and then I became a player manager at offer. I was hoping that I would see the contract out and 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 and. and, and to be treated uh, in a way that you know you're phased out and you know you truly own, but it was just the way it was done. I yeah. can still, I can still remember, and, and I'll be honest, um, I played poorly against Royal Antwerp that night. Uh, he, he, he said I flogged two goals. Well, I didn't flog two goals. I did flog one, but no two. <laughs> uh, and I was hoping that um, one of my colleagues who was just coming into the game own up, but because there wasn't many cameras is what they are now and I could understand why he didn't own up because um, you know he was trying to get himself in the team and he didn't want to cause ripples or cause waves but I did say to him after the game I said by the way you know it would be nice if you had maybe uh, say by the way it wasn't a Hege it was, it was me who did it but I could understand where he was coming from because he was a young kid I could understand that but um, no if, 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 uh, if I had left United uh, uh, in a nice way in the playing sense it had been a, a lot, lot better, but I was not alone, Bill. Hey, the old truth coming out. Hey, the truth coming out. We're on the truth pills today, I think, mate, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. He who laughs last, laughs longest, and they've still got the Paul Hegarty suite up at Tannadice. Well, they've certainly not got a Shuggy Burns suite. Well, they've told this moment. Aye, it'll be taped over, and it'll be the Hamish McAlpine suite tomorrow. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's good. Hey, that, 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 very brutal, isn't it? But isn't it scary when he's talking about 700 games at United, 800 yeah. mile passes, or 2,000 games within, you know, three know. of the back four? I know, that's it's incredible. Un- and then if you throw Hamish in and maybe Holtie it right back. Oh, you're talking 3,000. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Easy. And then, of course, it must have been a wee bit more difficult, Bill, because all these guys played so long, so, yeah... You know what, McLean had really but you, but you to know, be brutal. Because it, I remember that game against Antwerp, and the big man did sell the jersey. That full coat of Egypt just. sell the jerseys. You got them out of Europe, that was that. No wonder. Uh, boys, let's move on to this week's fixtures and have a look at them. And we'll start with Kelly against Livingston. There's no benefit to either uh, through the park, I wouldn't have thought, because they both play in the 4G now. Uh, Livy have got off to the kind of start they got off to last season, but Kelly are starting to show good form and a wee bit of regular form as well. Um, based on the fact for me that Mr. Alessio seems to have adopted the style of play that Kelly had last season under Steve Clark. Uh, who wants to kick this one off? On you go, Higgs. I think you're right. I think uh, they went back to what Stevie Clark had uh, was tried and tested, Bill. And uh, I think, and I can only about to use better judgment if he does mention it I think it's been like a player power and saying well we can't play that way you know it's Scottish football you know can we not go back to what we did and I think probably they've tweaked it here and there and I think they've went back to virtually the same way as Steve, Stevie Clark played uh, or had them playing at Kilmarnock uh, for the last 18 months what I do like about the two teams the two teams are in, are in decent form Two teams that have got 11 points, you know, with virtually the first quarter of uh, the season gone. And I think if you asked these two teams, would they be delighted with 11 points in the bag each? They would have said yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the two teams over the last month or so have picked up a, a good bit. And obviously the last game two weeks ago were fantastic. Kilmarnock uh, winning away from home. And I think they actually very do very well at Tynecastle uh, on occasions, and uh, a great result. And we Chris Park turned up again, and mm-hmm. I think he came off the, the substitute bench, uh, and obviously scored uh, the goal in this game. I think he was probably the last two or three games, and they played from the start against Hearts. I beg your pardon, and he scored the, the most important goal uh, in that game, which was the one nothing win against Hearts. And then on the other side of the coin, you've got Livingston. Getting a great upset, um, winning against uh, uh, the champions and, and getting their first defeat of the season, uh, which is Celtic. So a massive result for both sides. And probably of the two, um, the big surprise for me was probably Livingston because uh, I thought Celtic might win one or two nothing, albeit it's the Tony Macaroni Stadium. But uh, Gary Holt's team has done uh, exceptionally well. Um, the, the players that he's got in, Robinson and Dink scoring against Celtic uh, and I thought the goals were decent I thought they deserved their win and I think it'll be a a decent game tomorrow uh, with two sides on the up Hugh, Hugh, it's goal difference that separates them Yeah, nothing in it Nothing in it, obviously nothing in it in the pitch as well probably a wee bit more given the Kelly pitch a wee bit more bounds but again, it's a level playing field I see you signed Simeon Jackson next Mm -hmm. uh, 
St Mirren's striker as well got him in on the back of Osman So having a bad injury so they've looked at strengthening in that department they do need I think needed somebody up front to, to give Brophy a bit of backup as well yeah um, yeah and he's talking about how great it was for Finlay to get in the squad and he can still improve in different things but I think sh- you know, slowly but surely after a game he keep going back to the Connors Key that, that Killiaf had some decent results and you know, uh, it's amazing to think, you know, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about maybe, you know, the the, the guy in the opposite dugout, you know, tomorrow possibly replacing him not that long ago. So that gives it a wee edge with Hulk taking his team through there tomorrow as well because he'll not want to lose the game because deep down we all know Hulk is a killing man through yeah, and through. Yeah. So he wants to go and, and let Billy Bowie go, well, if you're going to make, and that's what it's all about. You know, if you're going to make a change, I'm still here and I still think he'll be the killing manager at one point in his career. But Alessio... I think it's kicking on. He's getting better. He's learning his squad. But also as well, I heard somebody the other day talking about how he might be leaning on Alec Dyer a wee bit more now. Where he should have been doing that for day one, guys, rather than, you know, okay, he's brought in Donati, you know, obviously for, you know, the, the, the Italian connection. But Alec Dyer was Steve Clark's, you know, right-hand man. Knows the club and I think he's maybe going down that route again, Bill. And just slowing it a wee bit down and going, you know, this is, you know, what did you do? that worked so well and let's maybe go back to basics let's do what they did last year because it worked and we kick on again very lot between the teams because Livingston now offer that wee bit extra quality where man we keep talking about up front big dykes so you know that that is a that is a toss of the coin one there tomorrow that can go absolutely any way that result tomorrow ok well I need to know which way you think it will go when they sit in the fence I think both will score and I'm going to go for a Desmond 2-2 that's not like you the draws you don't usually go for them but I think okay. there'll be goals Bill Desmond uh, what do you think Higgs well uh, Higgs are always normally sort of defence <laughs> I'm going to go for 1-1 1-1 uh, well I think it's going to be a draw as well and I'm going for a Desmond uh, so I'm going for 2-2 two, two as well uh, Motherwell against Aberdeen uh, Hugh Motherwell of course are pretty much top of the pops at the minute Yes. Uh, when it comes to the form guide they're on the same kind of thing as Rangers where they've won four and lost one in the, uh, drawn one in the last five they've done the same thing as Rangers uh, so from that point of view they're very much in form Aberdeen two victories in their last five so they've had a couple of defeats and a draw mm-hmm. uh, they travel to Fir Park but they usually do quite well when they come to Motherwell yeah they do but right now Aberdeen are not in a good run bill and I think last time out before the international break they had a horrendous performance and scraped a 1-1 with a late Sam Cosgrove goal with a one each game where I think Hibs I think we maybe covered it, you know, absolutely bombarded them for 90 minutes. Aberdeen were then down to nine men, but came away with the draw. I'm reading just in the record earlier on that Keith Lasley says, listen, we can't get carried away, but why no? Because I've had a brilliant start, Motherwell. And albeit that bad result against Ross County that I sat and watched, uh, if we'd have looked at it, they'd have been up level with Celtic. So mm-hmm. for me, you know, Aberdeen, um, Motherwell have got to fancy their chances tomorrow. You know, again, if you look at confidence, it's got to be in the Motherwell ranks. Um, you know, McInnes is, you know, he'll stick by his players, he doesn't he? Come out and have a pop at them. But I just think, you know, it's just ticking a wee bit on Derek McInnes. They've got no new big signings. 
There's no freshness about Aberdeen. Big boy Lewis Ferguson looks a bit flat. He was a kind of go-to man last season. He was getting on the end of everything. Cosgrove's been kind of in and out. McGinn's in and out. One or two players, three, four, five players have all moved on. They're no being replaced. Is Derek McInnes though suffering from Levine syndrome in yeah. as much as he's got key players that are out injured? Yeah, I think so. And, and, and I think he could have picked an easier one to go to the morrow. I think Mother will tails up and about them. Mother will be wanting hey, listen. Who, we've never said this, you know, get into October that Mother were hanging on to Celtic three points behind there. They want to be hanging again by quarter to five tomorrow night. And I can't see anything less than a home result. The fact that they're playing tails up in Aberdeen's faces. Aberdeen are not playing that well. Yeah, I think they've got no bad record there. But this season, if we go on this alone, Mother were playing better than Aberdeen. Higgs, what's the what's the word up there in the the northeast? Because obviously the, there seems to be a wee bit of a grumbling uh, from Aberdeen fans. But realistically, have they got much to grumble about? What's the expectation levels really? And Derek McInnes is, you know, he's he's done a great job up there. He really has done a fantastic job. And I think it is valid to say that there are some key players that he's missed uh, because of injury this season. Season, a bit like Hearts have it again and as Hearts did previous season I've got to agree what Hugh was saying there Bill right and I'll go on to your question yeah, I think expectations for Aberdeen supporters is higher than what the, the, they should you know be they should be expecting to uh, win a cup every season that's Aberdeen fans well I don't see it that way because obviously I think past uh, experiences and obviously past teams but I think Derek McInnes on the whole, has done well over the last five or six years, and I, I, I've got to agree that you know he has had a lot of injuries. But every other club's exactly the same. But you know, I, I was listening to the television the night before I came on the radio, and you know, he's he's got Curtis Main suspended tomorrow. He got sent off in the last game against Hibs. Uh, Ferguson suspended tomorrow. Yeah. Bryson's still re- recovering after injury, and obviously McKenna's still out. You know, so you're talking their four players minimum. I think there was six and seven in total. So you know, for any club to have the type of players out at any given time, whether it's injury or suspension, because it was self-inflicted, uh, remaining in Ferguson, then obviously Derek McInnes's got a quandary and a problem uh, to uh, to try and get a, a result against a informed Motherwell. But Aberdeen, you know, are starting along this now. You know, um, by their standards, what they're fourth in the league, um, they've got 12 points and they've scored 10, but they're leaking goals uh, as well. 10 for and 10 against. So, from that point of view, Derek McInnes will not be happy. And, you know, he's trying his best. Him and Tony Docker trying their best to, to try and freshen things up and, you know, talk about the positives of the club. But at this moment in time, they're having a difficult time. But that's through injuries and obviously suspensions, as I've mentioned. But I think the fans have got to take a, a reality check and say, well, you know, what they've done over the last four or five years. They finished what, twice or three times second to Celtic. Obviously, uh, they'll struggle this year because you've got Rangers now starting to pick up speed. Um, but I think overall, Derek McInnes has done fine. Um, Motherwell, I've got to agree with what you were saying there, Bill. Um, uh, I just read earlier on today that you know Stephen Robinson is talking about the table doesn't matter at this stage of the season. And he's right. But what he's trying to say is to his players, We've got to keep our feet on the ground. We've done nothing um, so far this season. Yes, we're third in the league. We have picked up 16 points and we are doing well. But he's trying to keep his players, 
focused on the job and the game in hand. And uh, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a Stephen Robinson and Motherwell fan because I like how they play. You know, they're, they're direct, they're aggressive, they want to get the ball forward as quick as they can. And they've got 14, 15 goals for and 10 against. And that's decent. And see if they hadn't lost five against Celtic. They would have had a decent res- uh, uh, result against. You know, ten goals they've lost this year. And half of that was against Celtic in one game. So Stephen Robinson will be uh, sort of upset about that. Um, start, uh, start at the moment. But I just think overall, I think he's a, he's a very good manager. Um, I think Motherwell are very lucky to have him. And I hope they keep him. Shug, I'll tell you one thing that I've noticed over the last two seasons about Aberdeen, and you look at you look at the, the Shinnies going, the Johnny Hayes going, and people like that. They've not got the pace breaking from the back and through midfield that they've had in previous years for me. Yeah, Gary Mackay, Stephen Wade, right? Yeah. McGinn coming back, he was flying when he came back. You're right, I think the boy Tony McClellan is a good player. But Disney offer them just. But there's the not quality. the same. There's not the same intensity of pace where no. they were breaking quickly before. Yeah, they had when pace. they had those players, mm-hmm. and now it seems to be a wee bit uh, either a wee bit longer or a wee bit slower. Yeah. it's either a, a slightly longer delivery or it's a slower build up through the midfield, yeah. uh, and I think it's been to their detriment. Yeah, when you look at it as well, when when you look at there's such a big squad, you know, there's not a lot of as you say pace in it. You yeah, know. they're not. They're not slight. No, they're, they're, no. they're, they're one of the. They're a squad that, if they wanted to, can knock you about they quite can, easily. They can mix it, and you wonder sometimes maybe why they don't go down that route. Lewis Ferguson, he's raving about. You know, I was just reading a wee bit about Derek, and he says he was outstanding against Hibs, but as Higgs said he's out tomorrow, and mm-hmm. I believe Cosgrove will be. Is Cosgrove out tomorrow as well on the two reds, the uh, two yellows. Cosgrove not get sent off. Yeah, he did. Oh no, uh, no, it was Curtis Main, wasn't it? Curtis uh, Main. Yeah, Curtis Main. Yeah. So that's a big loss. Um, There's just something. Sticky about Aberdeen right now. There's something no right. They're, you know, I know they're moving stadium. Yeah, that takes up a lot of interest. It takes up a lot of cash, capital, whatever they need to do. There's no doubt that if there's anybody in that Premier League that's, that's bomb-proof job-wise, I think we all know that there's a great bond between Derek McInnes and Stuart Mill, and that is obvious there. Mm-hmm. Because the Aberdeen fans are... I know they're no happy about what's going on. I hear them. I've got a pal who's a big Aberdeen fan. He's actually no, 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 really excited about going to watch him right now as well because he said there's a there's a definite split forming on 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 the performances of Aberdeen, and and I, I, again that's maybe odd, no doubt to Derek McInnes, but when you've got the opportunity to bring in maybe a few quid, and he's saying at the January window that Lewis Ferguson, Sam Cosgrove, and and Big McKenna are going to be of interest to clubs. That there, there, there comes a time when you maybe need to sell one of your diamonds, Bill, to finance, you know, bringing players in. Uh, but again, who who would they sell out of that? Who's the one that he could least can he do without? Well, Cosgrove for me. Well, possibly uh, the fact that he's brought in brought in Main. He's got Ferguson as an auxiliary striker. But you've got to see Main perform and score goals, whereas Cosgrove. After a very sticky start, it uh, has to be said, is banging in goals. He has now. kicked on Cosgrove. There's no doubt about that. He looked a bit, you know, fish out of water when he came up to Aberdeen to start with. And I don't think he knew what he's, where he was no, meant to be playing. No, I think they found a place for him now, certainly in the team. I think McKenna's is is he's good, but again, I've heard people who analyse games and said he maybe struggles with the balls down the side him and what have you. Maybe no strong and as quick on the deck as he is. Bang, going and win it, going and win it, and passing it. Uh, I think he's technically a very good player, Mc- uh, um, 
McKenna. McKenna. Uh, but again, you can't knock a lot of money back. Mm. You know, I think they were talking daft numbers the last time. But I, I think, think it was six million uh, or something. No they were going to get six million for a centre half, uh, and I think he's a good player. But I think um, I think he's certainly the diamond. I think that he would certainly get into most teams, certainly Championship in England, maybe lower reaches of the Premier League. Again, I keep going back to eighty million for Harry Maguire. Yeah. I keep saying that, but it's horses for courses. That's England. McKenna technically. Would you say probably on the on the deck is every bit as good as what's playing down there the new but maybe just knows quick bill. I think mm. that's where he lacks. But there's a staleness about Aberdeen. There's no freshness about them. They look quite despondent. They look as though they maybe feeling sorry for us a wee bit, Paul. But they've not a good start. There's nobody bursting into the team that you go, wow, he's a player, watch him. Uh, and I think I think they're in for a long season. Hanks, I, I think as well, Hughes, he likes to Derek McInnes. You know, you're talking about players, you know, that he would like. And sometimes they're not available. And if, if they are available, they might not be available at the right price. price. Yeah, I think so. But again, you know, what was stopping them? Having a look, you know, the lady likes the Rangers have nicked in and signed, uh, you know, Kamara before before Derek McInnes. You know, Derek McInnes must have known that Shinny was going away. There's a, there would have been a replacement mm. there. Now, but Kamara's come down, got to sell on the Rangers team, but probably more prominently as a squad player would be in the Aberdeen team every week. Why would I know I went back and had another look at Shanklin, the fact that it didn't work first time? It can prove that he can go back and, and do the business again. So there are players floating about that, that McInnes, you would I think, in, in years gone by, had a wee punt with and had a wee go with, that, 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 he's no, that they've no just managed to make their way to, to Petaudry. Can't remember the last big signing they made, or a signing that's made a big impact. I thought I thought Curtis Main might have kicked on a wee bit better because he was exceptional at Motherwell. Mm. But it seems to have just found himself maybe just no no playing the right system up there. Okay, Higgs, what do you think tomorrow's result's going to be? I'm going to go for one nothing Motherwell. Bill. Two 0 two 0 the well. I'm going two one Motherwell. Two one. Um, let's move on. Hamilton against Hibbs. At New Douglas Park, Hibs, of course, are, are really under pressure, uh, and and really not at this point looking particularly great. Considering we all tipped them as a top three club this season, they're down in tenth uh, place. Um, it's just it's crazy. They're not scoring goals and they're leaking them. Um, just wondering what your thoughts are there, Hugh. Looking at the uh, the, the paper today, Paul Anthony Hegarty, he's got a good bit about Hibs actually, and it's actually quite a good quote. If you're in the hiring line, you should be in the firing line. And Hecky, head of recruitment, should face acts like gaffers if they get player swoops wrong. Now, I, I'm still under the impression that you know when these people, when these head of recruitments, certainly um, advise managers on players. I, I think nowadays, Paul, there must be a lot of players coming into clubs that that, that managers don't have the last say on. It must be, Bill. You know, for but why would right. but why would that be? I, I mean, I I, I can imagine I, I can imagine a head of recruitment or a, a director of football coming to the manager and saying, "There's a player I want you to have a look at." Mm-hmm. But surely it's always got to rest with the manager. I would think so. He's Paul. got to work with them, Paul. I would think so. I would think if you're a manager yeah. and somebody comes and says, "Listen, Higgs, this is who I want you to use. We've got our eye on him." Blah blah blah. I think Higgs being the type of 
you know, person Higgs would be being old school and go, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm, I want to go and see this guy. And if it means right. going to see him midweek in a game, I'll go and watch him with my sister. But surely most managers would take that view. <sighs> well, I, I, I don't know if that's the case now, Bill. I, I don't know if, you know, these managers keep saying it's 24-7, that, you know, the, the job is incredibly difficult. I think they've got to go and see with your own eyes who you're bringing into the team and, and, and who who's coming to your club. If, if, they want, if you want to strengthen your team, surely you've got to bring your own players in. But um, there's, there's pressure on Higginbottom as well. And they're talking about the Barnsley job is up for grabs. And, yeah, he's denied you know. any interest. In yeah, that I would think so because there. I think I think probably when he's looking at it's it, kind of been there, done that. And isn't I think it? Hibs are a better club anyway. I know I'm saying Barnsley have always been just in the you know the edges of the Championship, what have you. But you know their good days are well behind them, mm. as in as in Premier League days. So I think he want to galvanise Hibs. He want to get them better. He knows he's got good players. He needs better results. The pressure's on. They're still getting big tendencies but they need results and that's it it's a, it's a, it's a results game if, doesn't matter he's come out and said he's got his squad that's the way I want it they're my squad now they're my team but now uh, Paul it is up to you you need to get results for your club because yeah. the fans will not belong and, and making their voices you know they'll be opinionated through there so the pressure's on them Heads I quite agree with you in regards to you know signing players you know what you what you do is you know you you, you get a, a a list of players that you want as a goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, or striker, and then you look at the players available, and then you go and see them, and you get not just yourself, but your assistant manager, or maybe the reserve team manager or a coach, go and see them. So you see them on four or five different occasions in all types of weather. And all types of games, and sunny days, and lashing the rain, and you know playing against clubs that are, you know, not the most favourable, and you're going to uh, grounds that are tight and mucky and what have you to see, you know, what that players like, mm-hmm. and then you, you get a, a bigger picture. And obviously, uh, the head of recruitment at any club uh, will go along as well. But give me football team people any time to look at. Uh, uh, to look at players because you know you got a, a feel for the uh, for the player and you got a feel for what what's right for for your club and for your team. By all means, get the head of recruitment at any club and, and look at the players. But you know, the last the last uh, uh, result is the manager by by a long shot yeah. because if not, uh, as you well know, you and Bill. You know, your head's in the chopping block and you'll be away. That, you'll be away anyway, but not him, but you'll be away anyway because, you know, the longevity of managers um, is few and far between. But um, I'm all for people looking at players, but the final call is the manager. I think this is a great, I think this is a great piece for Anthony Haggerty. The football is, is also in danger of becoming a place, this is, this is the manager quoted, football is also in danger of becoming a place where we lose accountability within a club. Managers are, are countable. We are the ones who are hired and fired. And then fired, he says, if a club keeps getting that wrong, who else becomes accountable? If a club, a club keeps getting signing wrong, and he's emphasising club, not myself, everybody should be accountable. So, there's that, you know, I think what he's saying there is he does not have full control of players coming to Hibernian. It looks like it. Yeah. That, that, for me, is, is plain and simple there, Bill. That he is, you know, under, you know, the, the well, 
I agree with you and certainly the, the, the phraseology that's being used there would suggest that but here's the thing if you're not accountable if, if you're not the guy that's making the decisions why would you let yourself so be, held be held to account yeah, yeah I think you've Peter, right. you're, you're Peter Sale on the chopping block with that one you I know why would you let yourself be held to account if it wasn't your decision surely to God when you're being interviewed for a job Paul and you're sitting there and the, cha and the chairman goes how do you see about our signing policies uh, yeah. Mr so called manager this as well Mr chairman I'd like to think I know a player when I see one with my contacts that I've got right. down south I genuinely want to have the final say in any player that comes to play for this football club because if you're paying good money for them, it's up to me, up to me to tell you who I want to go and buy and, and I'll go and I'll have the final say. And, and that's plain and simple at the interview process. Well, I, I, I can see what you're saying and I don't disagree with you in any way, shape or form, but I then start to think that the manager is in the wrong for letting himself be held to account for somebody else's decision. And we all know that the board are never going to be held to account because what no. their answer is, as soon as people start asking what the board are doing and why they've done this and why they've done that, there is only one course that they take, and that's to chuck the manager under the bus. But, well, that's, Wrongly, yeah. but that's what they do. And then uh, that, that might be the case of you basically at interview uh, level telling the board, the chairman, whoever's there, what they want to hear. But But... Is that even going to get you through when you think about it? It's not like the old days, and we've talked about this before, and very quickly, let's talk about it again. There are very few clubs now where you have what you call a traditional manager. Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of when Alec Ferguson was manager or Bob Paisley was manager at Liverpool or, you know, these other clubs... They were the manager of the club, not just the team. They managed everything within the club, didn't they, Paul? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But what you're saying is, see, see, like, so never, it's, it's the only thing that gets you through, Bill, is winning games. It's when defeats come to your doorstep. That's when you're under pressure. Yeah, but you say that. You say that. How many times do we talk about uh, managers getting the sack when they're two, you know, two games off automatic promotion, or something like that, or they've only lost seven games in fifty-seven? And I'm quoting Jack Rossi's record at the minute. Mm -hmm. If you look at all of those things. That's not a manager that traditionally you would sit and think, or a record that you would look at and say, this guy needs to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's people behind the scenes who are not football people. They're doing it, whether it's financial reasons or they don't like the manager or they want to... Uh, you, you hear nowadays uh, people within the club speaking to players, uh, how's training, how's this and that. That's not right. No. You know, the only person that's answerable to the chairman or to directors is the manager. Yep. They should be talk to, to, to players to find out because players, you know, if, if, if a player's not playing, right, he's in the huff with the manager. So he's not going to say too many good things about the manager. You know, the only people that should talk to the manager is the, the directors or the chairman, not to, to the middle party, which is players. You hear... You hear somebody saying, no, you know, one of the directors spoke to one of the players, training's not very good. What right is that player? And what, is it, what right is that, that director got to speak to that player? The player, person you should speak to is the manager, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah, if he's not happy with things at the club, then he should meet the manager and say, what's happening at the training? And then he will say, well, what do you mean, what's happening at the training? Well, I've heard that uh, training's not particularly good. Well, obviously, somebody's snitching them. So it should be from chairman to, to, to manager, no from 
players to to director to manager. Yeah. The structure of the game's all changed completely, well, now, the, the guys. Structure it, of the it, game because it's more of a business than it is a sport. And, and now. the more I'm getting into this story as well here, the more I'm picking things out. And, and you know, and, and he's very, very, he's a big, big believer. And I believe this is is happening. But again, I think you're, I think there's a bit of a weakness here when he's saying my job is too big now to be doing the recruitment. This is what he's saying. To be doing all the filtering of players. The way I see it. If you're the manager or the head coach, you're really involved at the front end of the process and you have to be really clear about the positions, the type of player you need and want and what the team needs to look like. The more detail you give, the better. Then it's up to the recruitment department to use that to filter their judgments, decisions and present players. It is a bigger factor now in being successful. With data and video analysis, how accessible the world makes it a job even bigger to get about to see knowing every player. Every club has their own approach, whether it's data-led or video, old scouting or mixture of everything. But that's a big quote saying my job is too big now to be doing recruitment. Well, hang on a minute. If, if he's not doing the recruitment and his job's too big now as head coach... You've then got to look at where they are in the league and say, well, what's the what's the reason that you're where you are? Well, he's hanging the recruitment out to dry, isn't he? Well, I just yeah, but you know, well, who are they? Yeah, but he's turning round and if he's hanging the recruitment out to dry, he's turning round and saying that the recruitment are, are being hung out to dry, but rightly so because he can't do the job because it's his job's too big. I can't believe in this day and age, Paul, that a manager would leave it up to a head of recruitment. That if the, the head of recruitment comes and says, right, what are you looking for? I'm looking for, I'm just looking for a left-sided midfield player, box-to-box, um, you know, to help the team, a good passer, good head of the ball, we'll go, and, go and win challenges, and you sign that player without seeing him, rather than watching listen, video and all listen, that. We, that, we, is, that is unacceptable. Shug, we heard from Hoosty that, that when he was first time round at Celtic, and he's back there again now, that when he was first time round there, the manager would say to him, I need a right back. Hoosty would look at 20 right backs and come back with four of them that he thought were good enough to play for Celtic. Mm -hmm. And then the manager would sit down right. and look at them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, but then, then again, that kind of... That relaxes me a wee bit as a manager if I'm asking somebody like Peter Houston to go Absolutely. and identify a player. Absolutely, I agree wholeheartedly. Higgs, if, if you know, if I say to Paul Hegarty and I'm the manager, say, Higgs, go, go, and, go and look at the championship right now. I'm, in the, I'm a premiership manager. Say, Higgs, I need a full-back. Go and tell me three and we'll go and look at them together and, and that cuts yeah. it down a wee bit yeah. because you the stock... Your eyes are your judge. Of course. See, when you go to a game, you know what players are going through the motions. You know what players are doing the business. Of course. And off day. You know what the ones that are working extremely hard. Of course hard. you do. You know the ones that are in form. Your eyes are your judge. Yeah. Uh, and, and with no disrespect to the head of recruitments and what have you, head of recruitment that, that, that's played seven, eight hundred games for Dundee and 80 and what have you, that floats my boat all day long and I'll listen to that guy before again. No disrespect to somebody that's come up through the system and goes through and goes through and goes through and they keep talking about the young boy Graham Matthew right now seems to be the next big thing about, uh, you know... You know, I, I I don't know how I don't know how these guys get jobs. I really don't. They didn't play the game. They've not been at a sharp end yet, but they seem to be word is God when it comes to recruiting players. Uh, and I'm not just having a pop at Graham Matthew, but loads of other 
technical guys out there that, that are in the game and recruitment guys. But for me, get a recruitment guy in that's played the game and he knows the game better than anybody, in my opinion. All right, let's get back to uh, this game. Uh, what's your prediction for Hamilton against Hibs? I think Hibs have got to win. I think he, he, he says he was back down in the bus after the Aberdeen game and he couldn't believe they didn't beat Aberdeen. If you're taking the strength of that one, last time Hamilton lost quite heavily, obviously, to Rangers and there was, it, was, it was no competition. I'm going to go for a Hibs win on the back of they're at home and they did well against Aberdeen I'm oh, going to away, go they're away from home Hibs so they are aye so they are so they're, they're on the plastic right, okay. doesn't matter doesn't matter for me I'm going to go Hibs to win 2-0 Higgs I'm going to go 1-1 I'm oh. going to go 1-0 Hamilton do you think the boy Doidge will start the striker that missed about 25 chances <laughs> would you start him <laughs> well I don't think he'll start uh, I think they might bring Camberry back in again Paul but seemingly Hibs were outstanding that day uh, uh, they might just be clicking it might just be happening certainly they, they need it yeah but don't bottom. forget they've had an international break so if they were starting to click it's been interrupted I think it might be unclicking <laughs> possibly well, who knows who knows Heg uh, Celtic again against Ross County uh, on paper Celtic Park you would think Celtic are uh, stick-ons for this one but again Ross County can be awkward little customers yeah well obviously two weeks ago you know first defeat of the season for Celtic and like everything else well, when, when the old firm get beat you know they very rarely lose two in a row so I think tomorrow you'll see a different Celtic side at, at Parkhead but um, who would have thought they had lost to, to Livingston and lost well and uh, I don't know if the, the international break uh, came at a good time for Neil or, or not but I'm sure um, uh, a lot of words were said after that game and a lot of players would go uh, uh, away from the, the ground with the tail between the legs albeit even though he says he, he, he never went into them and got into them but you uh, will be happy with that and, and I, I always sometimes think International break can be a good thing or a bad thing, and uh, I think it could be a good thing for Celtic and a bad thing for Ross County because obviously Celtic have had uh, several players on international duty, not just for Scotland but for other countries as well. Um, they'll be champing the bit. You know, we've heard a lot of Celtic players saying this week that you know it's unusual to look at the league and see they're not top of the league, but they want to get back. But um, We'll speak about Rangers shortly, but I think uh, Celtic will come out with all guns blazing tomorrow uh, just because Neil Lennon will demand it, uh, and obviously uh, the Celtic fans will demand it. Ross County, Ross County have done exceptionally well. First spot, 12 points in the bag, and, and very similar to like, say, uh, Livingston and Colmanac. You know, if he'd asked the two managers, Kettlewell and Ferguson, would you be happy uh, with fifth spot after eight games? Uh, bit your hand off that. And the Chalmers and Stittle scoring two goals against uh, St. Johnston in the last home game. Um, I think uh, tomorrow's a freebie for Ross County because A, they're not expected to win. If they get a result uh, against Pat, uh, Celtic, whether it's a draw or, or, or a win, then that's a, a massive bonus. But I can just see Celtic having to um, sort of loosen the shackles again and do the business, and I think they'll win comfortably. Yeah, I've, got, I've got to say, Hugh, that uh, looking at Ross County, and I said this earlier on, I think they're starting to get up to pace mm -hmm. uh, with the Premiership. But you see if Celtic come out and play that free-flowing, pacey game mm -hmm. that they can play and do play on a regular basis, I think it could be a torrid day for Ross well, County it, tomorrow, it, I really know, do. It could be bad for the co-managers, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Will, will Celtic 
come back on you know from you know Tony Macaroni on a better a better footnote and 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 win the game convincingly. And I think if they do score early doors, then it opens it. But again. Ross County have proved that they're sticky and they're stuffy and some good players in there and you're right, I think they are adjusting to life up upper league and uh, they've got some good players. But again, it's all about what Celtic do. Celtic play in the front foot with pace, they've got width, they've got, you know, Edward up right, right now looks a top player against go for the 21s, the French 21s during the week there. He's not probably that far away for a call-up, I don't mm. think. And, and he's top draw. Um, right through their team, still having problems at the back too, but two central defenders. But... Um, I would think, you know, big wide open spaces, get in behind Ross County um, and certainly look to keep the pressure on uh, Rangers because that's what they'll do. You know, Celtic win tomorrow, the gap is then level pegging to Celtic Rangers play on, uh, on on the next day. So, on Sunday, I should say. So, yeah, I would think the quality Celtic have got, you've got to fancy Celtic. Hicks, you've got to think that, that, that Stephen and, and Stuart have had a look at the Livy game and, and that they're going to try and pressure Celtic on the ball so that they or break at least the rhythm up in some way um, because that seems their best chance. As I was saying to Hugh, if Celtic come out with pace and width, then it could be nothing short of annihilation potentially for Ross County. But Ross County... I, I think we've seen this before, and, and sometimes the smaller clubs actually, you know, sort of turn the, the tables on us. And, and what you're saying, Billy, is you're right. Ross County are a big, strong side. You know, they're, they're, they're a fairly experienced squad now. You know, they've, they've actually uh, recruited well, and, uh, you know, they've got, they've got a system that, um, that suits them. And I think the two young managers... I've done exceptionally well, but when you go to Parkhead or you go to Ibrox, you've got to make sure the first 15, 20 minutes, you just don't give them a sniff, you know, you you make sure that the, you try and get the, uh, the home fans on their backs and put the, the circuit players under a wee bit of pressure, but I just think with, with the adverse result they got two weeks ago against Livingston, I think uh, Neil Lennon will demand a performance tomorrow, and that means everyone you know, from the first minute to the 90th minute to go and do the business against Ross County. You give me your prediction score-wise. I'm going to go Celtic 4, Ross County 0. Paul? One less bill, 3 nothing Celtic. Yeah, I'm going 3 nothing Celtic three as nil. well. Yeah. Uh, St Mirren against St Johnson. It's the Battle of the Saints at the bottom. Now, the good thing about being only a quarter in mm-hmm. uh, to the season, Hugh, is the fact that nobody's really cut adrift with this. No, that's right. You know, you're yeah. looking at the, the, the bottom kind of four spots, five spots, and only kind of four points, you know, split them up. Mm-hmm. So nobody has cut adrift. However, St Mirren have got the best, one of the best defensive records in the league, but one of the worst scoring records. Uh, St. Johnson, well, I mean, they can't score goals and they're leaking them like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, it's, you know, as, as a gamer, a gamer, two teams, no putting a lot of confidence. St. Johnston, for me, on their day, you know, they, they probably get stronger players in their team, but again, they've got to come down and prove that. St. Myrna is there an easy place to go and win. As you say, they don't concede, but they don't score. And and you kind of just don't know what you're getting with Tommy Wright, St Johnston, especially the start of the season I've had. League Disney lie, bottom dogs play the 11th place and, you know, four points St Johnston, five St uh, St Mern. Not a great start by any two teams, but I just thought when St Johnston made those three loan signings, I say the per- permanent sign of Stevie May, am I right in saying that? The deal was done, wasn't it? it was yes, no yes, yes. And then the boy Anthony Ralston and Jason Holt coming in. Uh, Dre Wright coming back, and and I think and Matty Kennedy's actually started fairly decent. Yeah, I, 
I can see St Johnson getting a result tomorrow, Bill, purely on for the, all those players play but, on their day. But get back to what I just said. I mean, they've scored seven goals in League 20, uh, and St Mirren have, have only scored three, but they've only lost eight. Well, you, you know, St Mirren don't lose goals, and St Johnson don't, don't score. score. Well, it's a, it's a banker, it's a banker for each, isn't it? You know, it's, 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 it's one of them, it's just going to probably upset us all, but you would think there's no going to be a lot of goals, yes. The fence is on top and, and, and snuffing out St Johnston again. You're looking probably at a, 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 a boring match. But again, you know, you, you want to get three points. They'll see that possibly as, as big a game as entertaining the old firm because they've got a possibility of getting three points here. The same as St Johnston's got a possibility of getting three. So these are the games that are important for the team. It's a six there. point. Of course it is. You know, and it gets them slightly towards... Uh, you know, Hibs and Hearts and Hamilton. If they do get uh, either or two of them, get the they get the three points. But I would think on the day, if St Johnson turn up, I think they'll be good enough to beat St. Well, Martin. here's here's something to consider, Higgs, looking at the table. If either St Johnston or St Mirren win and Hearts get beaten by Rangers on Sunday, they will leapfrog Hearts. Yeah, yeah, it's a big well, game that's right, because they're not going to maybe ninth spot. So just what. What you're saying, guys, about the two teams, you know, what concerns me about uh, both teams, and more so with St. Mun, they've only scored three goals. Um, and they look fairly solid at the back, obviously only losing eight, which is which is a, a decent account, you know, with games played, but three goals, and they probably... It puts actually more pressure on your, your own defence because you know that up top, if, uh, uh, if they're getting opportunities and no scoring, if you lose a goal... Do you ever see yourself maybe scoring two goals to win 2-1? Uh, that, that can be a problem. That can really sort of um, uh, irk away at you. But, you know, I, I just think um, St. Johnston, and I've got to agree with you there, I, I think St. Johnston have just got one or two players that are, I'm not saying finding their form, but looking a wee bit more livelier, as you're talking about um, Jason Hole and uh, Kennedy, Stevie May obviously signing a new contract and coming from Aberdeen. But the problem for St. Johnston is they've not won a game yet and they've lost 20 goals. So, you know, you go from one extreme to the other and you've got St. Martin losing eight goals and you've got St. Johnston losing two and a half times that, 20 goals. So uh, it can be a, a, a big conundrum for both managers and for, for both clubs. I just feel tomorrow's a, <laughs> it's so early on, it's a, it's a six-pointer. But I just, I've just got a funny feeling St. Johnston will get their first win of the season. Yeah, I'm going to go with that, Higgs. What do you think the score will be? I'm going to go one nothing. To yeah, first. I've just marked one 0 down as well, Bill. Higgs, what's what's Tommy saying? You must see him on the TV up your neck of the woods. What's Tommy saying about you know the season so far? I mean, it's not a position he's used to being in. He isn't, but by all accounts, um, you know uh, the, the backroom staff and obviously the, the directors, you know, are going to stand by. Uh, the manager, because obviously they've had a lot of good times, uh, and, and this is one of the times that uh, things have no worked out early on in the, the season. But by all accounts, uh, uh, they're giving them a vote of confidence. I don't know that's a kiss of death, but I, I believe uh, the, the directors, the chairman, of St. Johnson, because they do stand by their managers and they are very good and faithful uh, with, with their managers. I, I just think. Uh, uh, just reading between the lines with, with, with Tommy, I think he's actually a wee bit more happier with his team in general. Um, they actually got a good result uh, the last game, uh, uh, which was what, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they drew, uh, drew away to St. John, uh, to Rose County, mm-hmm. 2-2, yeah, yeah. which is which is a decent uh, result. 
St Johnston, who for the sort of barren spell and getting a point at Dingwall, albeit scoring late on. Um, but I just think, um, I think reading between the lines, I think Tommy's more happy with his squad than what he has for, for the last six or seven weeks, Bill, because uh, he's got most of his senior players back playing reasonable performances. Yeah. Shug, has he been there too long? Is he going to season yeah, well, too well, far? Well, for me, I and I think uh, it needs a freshness, it needs a new manager to come in. There's probably one or two managers for me that would probably do a better job there right now with the squad that he's got. He might would Jack Ross be a good fit? Mm, I think Jack Ross will be looking for a better club than St Johnson. Okay. I think coming for St Sunderland, I don't think we keep Snow about a step back to go forward again. Sometimes you need to do that. You need to look what Levine done when he came back for Leicester. He took the Race Rovers job just for a few weeks but didn't get the Dundee United gig. So sometimes managers will do a lot of things just to stay in the game and get back in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think Tommy... Um, you know, Higgs has said that you know, according to the press and the papers and the TV up there, that they'll, they'll stick by him. But uh, I would beg to differ. When I think there'll come a time when you know enough is enough. But, yeah, I but do you think do you think it'll that that time will come because Tommy decides that's the time? Yeah, I, I, I think he'll. It he must be right now banging his head against a brick wall to to be doing what he's doing. But don't get me wrong. They'll, they'll have backed him with a Ralston signing because financially that'll have cost him a wee bit in wages. Mm-hmm. They'll have backed him with a Jason Holt signing, wages. Um, Took O'Halloran back. O'Halloran, wages, and of course Stevie May. He'll be the top earner there now. So, so you know, suddenly they, they, they have released funds on a wages basis rather than signing on fees and, and transfer fees, but they've backed him in that front. So it's up now with the players to repay him because I still think when you look at it, they've got some decent players there, Bill, okay. um, and should be doing better than what they're doing for the manager. All right, I'm going for a draw. I'm going for 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll look at the final game this weekend. It's on Sunday at Tynecastle Hearts against Rangers next. Have you ever lost money on an investment? If a high street bank persuaded you to buy a stocks and shares ISA, unit trust or investment bond, and you lost money, Goodwin Barrett may be able to help you get back thousands of pounds in compensation. We've already helped thousands of people just like you claim back millions of pounds. Even if you you don't have the investment anymore or the paperwork. Goodwin Barrett make it easy to find out. Text good to double six treble seven. Text good to double six treble seven now. The list of things you need to do gets longer at this time of year, whether that's for the house or in your business. So take one thing off your list right now. Your septic tank could need emptied. Let Grant Henderson Tankers empty your septic tank in the home or work, farm, factory or workshop at very competitive rates. We are septic tank specialists, experienced, safe and dedicated to environmental safety with our own licensed disposal site. Find out more at wemovesh.it or call 01698 284 987. Grant Henderson Tankers, let the experts manage your waste. Have you picked up the Feel the Heat brochure from your local plumb base? Get one today and take advantage of great offers, including Polypipe's Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket at £99.99. That's a 15% saving on purchasing individual pieces, and it's exclusive to plumb base. The Polypipe Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket is just part of the Polypipe range available in the plumb base Feel the Heat brochure. Shop online now at plumbbase.co.uk or grab one from your local branch. 
at Motorpoint, we put the super into car supermarket. We're here to save the day with a choice of over 7,000 low mileage, nearly new cars. Find your next car in a flash with our lightning fast service and same day drive away. Plus with Motorpoint's price pledge, if you find the same car for less, we'll match the price and give you a 50 pound Amazon voucher. Visit Motorpoint Glasgow today, just two minutes from junction three of the M74. T's and C's apply, see website for details. Love music, live sport. Talking football with Bill Young, Hugh Burns, and Paul Hegarty on Rock Sport Radio. Right, gentlemen, final game of this weekend's fixtures, Hearts against... I'm a bit uh, disappointed. It usually gives half an hour to talk about the Rangers' ball. You gave us <laughs> ten minutes tonight, you know what I mean? That's, that's just unacceptable. You know what I mean? Is that because we've got big Paul Anthony Joseph Hegarty uh, on? <laughs> Hearts. Actually, we've, I don't know if anybody else has even had ten minutes tonight, so they're still getting good value for money. They are so. Uh, Hearts against Rangers. Who wants to start? Go on, Higgs. You fire in there. You're top of the league, so you go for it. Yes, <laughs> and we have gloated for two weeks, mate. Don't you forget it. But listen, yeah, you know, Bill was talking about did it come at a good time, the international break? Yeah, I probably think it did because, you know, it gave them time to have a look and, and, and get organised. They've all come back unscathed. Ryan Jack's out, but it looks as though Ryan Kent and John Flanagan will be added to the squad. Again, you're looking at the last time out, Hearts lose at home. They're on a bad run. And, you know... You know, you, you actually just wonder now that the Hearts fans are, are wanting their team to get beat so that there has got to be a move bill from uh, the owner, uh, you know, one way or another. So I, I can't see anything less than, than a Rangers win. Rangers have got a swagger about them now. They were outstanding against Hamilton. Could have scored 10, Paul. Defoe led the line magnificent. Morelos comes on, didn't score, certainly tried very hard, but they played the big boy... Um, George Edmondson that signed from Oldham in the summer, Paul, and uh, yeah. come on in the Monday night, and I says, listen, I've, I've, I've not seen a finer centre-back for a long time in a Rangers jersey. I know it's early in his career, but this kid, Paul, is the real deal. He's magnificent. He looks like a player. He's strong. He passes it, and I think the Rangers fans have warmed to him already. He looks the real deal, the big guy. Uh, but right through the team's confidence, Barisic has got himself in the team. It's hard for the manager to leave him out. That's what he's got to do. He's got to prove his worth. He's a £2 million footballer. Fortunes for Rangers. Show the manager that you're worth it. And that's what he's doing now. Tavernier on the right, obviously with dead balls. He's, he's a, Right through the team, Rangers have got ability. They can go and win there. There'll be a great atmosphere. I'm going through it the game on Sunday. I'm really looking forward to it. In fact, we've not seen a game for a couple of weeks, but it's all pressure for me. All pressure. Regardless what happens with Celtic tomorrow, they narrow the gap. All the pressure, I think, is on in, in Hearts. I think Rangers are, are, are well good enough to, to merit the three points, go through, boss the game, win the game, back through the M8 with the three points for me. Paul, if you're starting on Sunday at the top of the league and, and, and Celtic have pulled back uh, the, the deficit, on the Saturday, just how much does that play on your mind? How much do you think about it, and how much pressure? And I know the the pressure is on Hearts because of where they are and the results they've had, but Rangers have got to show that they can keep ahead of Celtic. How much pressure do you think it puts on Rangers? I think he asked me that question last year, but I would say enormous pressure. But I think it's opposite just now because Rangers are in full flow. Just what Hugh was saying, they're scoring goals. Ten a penny, they've scored five against Aberdeen. 
uh, five against Hamilton two weeks ago. Um, so they'll be going out, uh, and he, obviously Hughes mentioned the swagger, but they'll go with a confidence that, you know, well, we deserve to be top of the league. We deserve to be there. They've scored, what, what 26, 4 and 5 against now. Irrespective of how, how whatever way you want to see it, that's championship winning material, as long as they continue what they're doing. And then obviously Celtic are going to try and push them even further. But just the way Celtic uh, Rangers are playing this now, absolutely magnificent. You know, I, I think, and I mentioned it on the last programme before, I know that he scored a hat in the last game. But I think um, his worth on and off the park is a great value uh, to the players, to the club, and to Stevie Gerrard. And I think. Uh, uh, you, you see Morelos' sort of behaviour now, now whether Stevie Gerrard's had a word with him, I'm sure he has, or Defoe's had a word with him, or what have you, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's absolutely fantastic now, Morelos, um, uh, with his behaviour. Long may it continue. But I think Defoe, along with Stevie Davis, are the catalyst of that team. Yeah. Because uh, you've got a solid goalkeeper at the back, McGregor, and I must admit, Tavernier gets a lot of stick. But I actually like Tavernier because the number of goals he scores, albeit from penalties, he's still got to convert them. I think he's very good. If he could just tidy up a wee bit defensively, that'd be great. But you've got a team in full flows now, and I've got to give a lot of credit to, to Rangers and, and obviously to Steve Gerrard. Then you've got the other side of the coin, which is Craig Levine, losing at home again to Cormac uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I think they will be more motivated on Sunday. I think they will be uh, aggressive. They'll have to be. But I just, I've got to agree with, with you. I think they've got so much on their armory Rangers at the moment in time that they're going to go, irrespective of what happens on the Saturday between Celtic and Ross County. And you've got to think Celtic will win. So that means they'll be top of the league for 24 hours. But I think it will be short-lived because I think Rangers went quite comfortably at Tynecastle. Guys, guys can, I, can I suggest that both Rangers and Celtic do need to score goals mm-hmm. because it could actually, for once in a long, long time, come down to goal difference potentially. Yeah, yeah I think you could be right. I think it's going to go right to, uh, to the end of the season. That would be no surprise at all. But I think what's impressed... Probably me and, 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 and probably loads of thousands of Rangers fans is how they've kicked on Paul after a really, really bad performance against Celtic. And they've got really, really stuck in and, and they're playing for him. And I think probably their disappointment was the 2-1 loss at Young Boys when they really bossed the game, should mm-hmm. never have come away with a defeat. And I think he was disappointed, excuse me, with that. So I think collectively they've all learned from last season, including the manager, including the backroom staff, they've warmed to the, the, the cause. Uh, players are playing for them, players are coming in and doing the job for them. Davis, as you said, has got fitter. The big centre-back for Oldham looks no, he can come in. Um, and, and Barisic for me as well. Um, and he's got one or two players that would be delighted to see Jamie Murphy back as well last time out. Yeah. But, you know, you know what, what what an asset you've got with, with Defoe or Morelos. It'll be interesting to see how he goes about that at the weekend as well. I don't know whether he'll maybe leave uh, um, Defoe out and bring Morelos in again. That might just be what he's going to do. If it was me, I'd bring Morelos in purely because of what they're up against at the back. I think, yeah. And I think he can... The way Morelos rolls players yeah. for me is nothing short of phenomenal. Well, they are physical at the back with Suter and Berra. Um, and I think Morelis will would use that, 
you know, that, that strength as you're talking about, pulling them in, rolling them, getting away from them. Because Berra's not the quickest. No, he's Sure's not. a good player, but uh, Berra's just struggling a wee bit with that, and that could be an asset for Rangers. But again, as we said, I think it's, it's all about what Rangers do on Sunday. be interesting to see if Hearts do mix it. Because that's what they maybe need to do. They need mm-hmm. to roll the they set up. Yeah, similar to what they did to Celtic last August in that game yeah. that we're all expecting Celtic to run over them and Celtic and Hearts whack them purely because they're all the sleeves yeah. up. So they maybe need to start doing that, Hearts. But the pressure on, and Higgs, the more Higgs spoke about that, was a, that was a poor result against Kilmarnock last time out. After, on the back of the three undefeated, they're expecting to kick on again and, and they lost one now. And I don't think that Luke won in the game. So massive pressure on Craig, there's no doubt about it. Higgs, when you look at Rangers' squad and you see that the, the leading scorer you know, in, in the kind of Premier League at the moment is, is Jermaine Defoe and, and you look at the, the part that he plays, it must be an absolute dream for Steven Gerrard to have two strikers that he can call on at any time that are banging the goals in. Oh, it does help because obviously if, uh, if one's not played particularly well um, then the other one steps in and does the business. I'll go back to what I said before. I think Defoe is absolutely a, a, a steal and a, and a real gold mine for, gold mine for uh, Stevie Gerrard and Rangers because I think he's example on and off the puck. He's what, 35, 36? 37. 37, Higgs. 37. Oh, magnificent. Yeah. And, and, and really, he, he's been fortunate as a player because I don't think he's had too many injuries. So, no. you know, this, this guy could go on for another couple of seasons comfortably. Yeah. But I just, I, I just like his example on and off the park, mainly on the park, because obviously I don't know uh, what's said off the park, but on the park. And Steve Davis as well, uh, he's coming to, uh, in a really good form as well. And I think these players give Arfield and Jack and all these uh, young players, you know, uh, good advice and there's nothing better having senior pros like the Defoe and the Davises and the McGregors chipping away at the young players making sure that they're not going to get sloppy get slack and make sure they keep it nice and tidy and tight and get another result for Rangers OK boys give me your results what do you think? 3-0 Rangers Paul? 3-1 Rangers I'm going 3-1 Rangers as well OK boys uh, It'll be interesting to see what the centre-back pairing is for Rangers on Sunday I'm, I'm kind of curious as to see that I think he'll keep Edmondson Alright Who's that Barton in Guys the I'm sorry Guys Have a great weekend <laughs> Have a great weekend We'll be cheers, back thanks. on Monday Cheers Bill Cheers you Cheers, cheers there we go Paul Hegarty Hugh Burns with me tonight We'll be back on Monday talking more football uh, Join us then when it'll be Shuggy and Gordon Young uh, Can I also say coming up next it's the junior boys, uh, Bill Kilgour and John Redman, just the juniors. They'll keep you company right up until nine o'clock. Have a good weekend. Love music, live sport. Talking football with Bill Young, Hugh Burns, and Paul Haggerty on Rock Sport Radio.